0: Three, two, bonjour, comment ça va? Um, this is a bowl of bran flakes. I wish I could do this whole thing in French. Uh, welcome, the people of Earth, the Lorkians in the Andromeda Galaxy. I see you out there streaming. Thank you so much for your support. Um, this is episode number seven, and I'm really thankful if you have listened to all of my podcasts I didn't think I would be this consistent I'm really proud of myself I hope you guys are really enjoying it this was a long this was a long one it's like two hours it was sick it was great beautiful great conversation talk about conspiracies talk about all kinds of crazy shit Uh, this is an episode with my friend Susanna who is a yoga teacher and instructor and spiritual being Uh, she's super smart great conversation we had um the last 13 to 15 minutes or so got cut out of my microphone for some strange reason and it only picked up her side which is fine I it was such a good conversation I couldn't just like you know cut all of it out so just please keep that in mind and please enjoy and give a warm welcome to Susanna.
1: So I didn't know that I was a guru.
0: You didn't know you you were a guru? No. (laughs) That's one of my questions actually I had for you. This is going to be great.
1: Good.
0: Is my alcohol over here? Yeah, we've got alcohol in our systems. Everything is rocking and rolling. And I'm just going to say the intro right now where I'm lighting the Palo Santo. But this is a bowl of bran flakes, a sporadic dialogue of notions, feelings, and unsolicited opinions best accompanied usually by a bowl of cereal. But we don't, have, we don't cereal. have cereal today. We don't <laughs> have cereal. I what love in the world? Cereal. Do you like cereal? Are you a cereal person?
1: Um, I like granola. And that sounds very like yogurt? granola of me. Like but... with yogurt? Or like... No, I like it with milk. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I've never actually tried that. Because like, that's like dry cereal or I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know. There's so many amazing granolas out there, I feel like. There's
0: there like, is. I yeah. have some granola I mean, so in the much. cabinet right now.
1: But I I don't know. I wasn't like a big cereal eater when I was younger. Um, I like Raisin Bran, actually. Speaking of bran. Speaking of... Oh, you <laughs> yeah, like Raisin Bran? bran.
0: <laughs> I don't actually like bran flakes. But That's, have
1: you... Had, I'm sure you've had Raisin Bran.
0: I almost bought some today. They yeah. were having a crazy sale at Sprouts. Well, we could it have was started like, with <laughs> it. Shout out to Sprouts. This uh, podcast is actually sponsored by Sprouts. Um, you wish. <laughs> Buy one, get one free cereal right now. Sprouts
1: is actually amazing.
0: It's down the street. That's why I have to go. That's why yeah, I go there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: I've been there.
0: It's great. Oh, yeah. the La Mesa one. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the La Mesa. I don't want to give people away. I don't want to tell people where I live, but oh. if, you, if you know Oops. where I live, you know where I live. That's okay.
1: Oops. Sorry, I said the you location. You can come rob
0: me. I have nothing.
1: <laughs> it was hard enough to find this place. Don't worry. No one's going to find you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um I'm actually going to pull up my notes, but...
1: Uh-huh. I have not prepared at all, so I have no idea.
0: I think you are a good conversation uh, haver. I don't know what else kind of word I can say, but you're just good at, like, bouncing off of whatever we're talking about. Yeah. So, like, even what we were talking about just before before this, so it was, like, perfect.
1: I, I feel like I'm one of the things that I'm really good at is, like, Bouncing from topic to topic, but something yeah. that as as I've grown, I've realized that like my I really like tend to be like a pretty impatient person. So for me, like I wanted to like go deeper into some subjects and like kind of like learn more because I feel like it's really easy to like accumulate a bunch of surface level information about things. Yeah, but like I feel like it's amazing and it like really inspires me when someone has like a, a depth of knowledge about something where they were like, I really want to know more about this, and they like went super deep and like. Learned everything that they could about it. Yeah, so that's something that I like aspire to do in like some areas of my life, and it takes like discipline and like patience because learning something thoroughly like takes a lot of effort. So
0: it does. Yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of patience in this day and age right now, yeah. especially with our generation. Most people I know, myself, I I'm guilty of it as well. Yeah. Is just waiting for our turn to speak, let alone actually listening, attentively. Mm-hmm. with purpose yeah you know listening to someone to actually being able to repeat what that person said to you in a way that makes sense to you in a way that you know what I'm saying like totally. and that's something yeah. that um like Jordan Peterson the psychologist mm-hmm. I I think you know you, I think mm-hmm. we've talked about him before but uh mm-hmm. like he he says like a good way to kind of practice how to actually actively know that you're listening to someone is repeat back what you said to them have mm-hmm. them agree on whatever you re- I think the word is retorted, mm-hmm. or you know, re, re, reinstated to them, and and then that's how you can create like a like a productive argument with someone. Like let's say it's like you're like in a relationship or something, and you guys are having a constant argument about something. Yeah. To have them say something, repeat it. You know, you repeat it back to them, and then they accept that what you said, and they accept. You know, it's it's a understanding on both ends. Yeah. So there's no gray area it's really really understood and that's something like I really try to do with with even with Jess you know I try to I try to I'm really I'm a bad listener I'm really I get really spacey sometimes so yeah so this has helped me a lot actually I feel like (laughs) it's like
1: I feel like reactivity is something that's like so easy and especially right now with everything going on and I feel like that's the basis of like a lot of our misunderstandings and like more like trying to shift to nonviolent communication is like really challenging because I think that our ego and our natural state is like to be reactive to things. So like whether you're, I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a tense situation, but like actively pausing and like also actively listening are like super challenging. And I especially think that with our attention, so all over the place with everything and like the amount of things that we're inundated with every day, it's like, I mean, I'm certainly like not good at this cause I catch myself being reactive all the time. And like, especially in my relationship too, like, sure. it's really easy to like want to be right or to like, you know, react instead of like getting to that place where you're like, where, wait, this person like actually loves me. This person cares about me with a lot of our interactions. Like the person that you're talking to, like actually does care about you. So I yeah. think the ego wants to just react all the time and that's like yeah. the difficult thing.
0: And I think that that's just like goes into like the Newton's laws of thermodynamics is Mm -hmm. kind of like the, whatever energy you give out has an equal uh, energy on the receiving end.
1: 100%.
0: You know, so like if you're jumping off of the ground, the earth is equally pushing up off of you just as much as your legs are pushing up off of it. Mm -hmm. So everything has an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. So, and that's just like, even in the metaphysical world, like, Mm -hmm. That definitely, and I'm. This is so exciting. Like, I'm so excited. Like, talk about this (laughs) shit because, like, (laughs) you're a person who I know likes who likes to talk about this type of shit. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it's just like, um, yeah, the reactivity side of most of us nowadays. um, We're so sensitive right now. Mm -hmm. In this time, I mean, let alone even in the last like four years, we've been under such a stressful. Like we're like a balloon, like on the, you know, you keep blowing up a balloon right to the point where it's about to explode. That's where society is right now. Yeah, And it's like, we all know that pressure when you take a balloon, when it's so full and you squeeze it and you keep squeezing it and you can see it like kind of like, like, like baking, like baking bread, like over twine. You can kind of see it just like consuming that and then it pops and it's mm-hmm. like that's what's going to happen to society at some point but that mm-hmm. happens periodically like i feel like all these all these fucking protests and shit yeah. it's just constantly little bubbles just popping
2: mm-hmm.
0: how do you feel about some of that stuff i know you've been to some of the protests how do you mm-hmm. feel about this in, this overwhelming anxiety right now and how have you contained yourself in that
1: i think that um all great change is preceded by chaos And that like, (laughs) no, but I think like, I think honestly, like, while I originally like in the beginning, like of this year when everything was happening, I got super anxious and like very caught up in everything. And like, again, going back to that, like reactive state, just like, you know, not only like COVID, but just like everything going on with like racial justice and just being like, what's my role in all of this? Like, it just seemed like everything is like breaking down. And I think that. The thing about like things have to break down. Like, we have recognized through all of this that the system itself is broken and that we have systemic change on a huge level that, that needs to happen. Yeah. I think that our like people hate change. Change is really uncomfortable and like a paradigm shift and ide- ideological change like needs to happen. Yeah. And we have a huge like group. And part of our country, like, that is literally trying to revert back to, like, how things were. And, like, I think that's, like, summarized, like, no better than Trump being, like, make America a great again. Like, he's referring to, like, the past and saying, like, Like, we want to go back. We want to go back. Like, and I think that people are so scared of change. And, like, we've seen, like, changes, small changes beginning to happen where, like, more women are being elected. More people of color are being elected. Like, a lot of young people, I think, are starting to become super active in politics and like very engaged and I think that like it might take time and I think that there is going to be like some intensity in the process but I think that like things have to be like ripped apart like everything's broken (laughs) like I think that like in order to like really achieve the change that we want to see and I think that our generation wants it's going to require like a lot of anxiety and like it's gonna be hard but I think that ultimately like what will come from all of this is, like, you know, change. I think that there's a large majority, a lot of people really want to see, like, things be different. And, like, I hope that, like, you know, going forward, that's something that, like, we all can band together and try mm-hmm. to work towards.
0: I, 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 I agree 100%. I think that this... And sorry for the listeners. There's the trolley again. We're doing this at my at my house. So the trolley outside. Is it that outside.
1: sensitive? Can it hear everything? Oh, it can
0: hear everything. It's great. These are these yeah. are really cheap ass mics, but they mm-hmm. pick up everything. In it's the like
1: room. ASMR every time I drink water. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, it's we have to things have to get worse before they get better. Yeah. And to kind of quote Nietzsche, I I, mm-hmm. I kind of pulled it up. It was just uh, it's a out of chaos comes a dancing star or one must have chaos in oneself to give birth to a dancing star. Mm -hmm. And just like you're just like you're saying, you know, um, chaos precedes change. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we're on the cusp. We're on this cusp of something so dramatically transformative in our lifetime that Mm -hmm. we'll, we will see in the next, I want to say 10 to 20 years, whether it's technology, whether Mm -hmm. it's consciousness, whether it's like, you know, um, leaving the earth or something yeah. like because it's going to happen
1: i think it's exciting it is i think exciting. it's equal parts anxiety inducing and exciting
0: because we're afraid yeah. of the unknown
1: right mm-hmm.
0: if you don't know what something is you're automatically afraid of it right but it's just mm-hmm. oh, so i wanted to ask what you, what do you think that uh again is like the make america great again what what was that thing that we once were what do you think that was Exactly.
1: It's hard for me to not be cynical about it because I I that's the only way to, to be. But <laughs> right the interesting I mean. thing is that like I think I heard that not only Clinton had said it, mm. Bill Clinton, but someone else said it as well. So Trump is not the first person to use this as a campaign slogan. Yeah. But it's just hard for me to not think like I I just think that like you know, something that kind of made me think about it today is as I was listening to like the Supreme Court hearings for Amy Coney Barrett, and Mm -hmm. Trump is trying to rush through um, a nominee for the Supreme Court, so it will be a 6-3 majority in favor of the conservatives. And something that um, Amy Coney Barrett believes in terms of the Constitution is um, textualism and originalism, so that they're essentially beliefs that um, when you're applying either the text of a law or interpreting the Constitution, that you interpret it down to the absolute detail of what the words say and you're just looking at what the words say and you're trying to interpret it by just the words the constitution does not include any women or people of color the constitution there were slaves when the constitution was written and adopted so like I just feel like that is so like crazy that like you would not imagine that we have to interpret something like this as a living document you know that we have to imagine that we've made a lot of change in our country and so we have to include everyone and so when we refer to like making America great again I just I don't know what like they're referring to it just to me like I only feel as of recently we've started to be more inclusive and diverse and that like white wealthy landowners were the people to which the constitution was like writing about yeah I mean obviously I think like as I'm trying to something that I've really been trying to work on is that like to it's really hard right now I think like going back to the thing of reactivity to like really listen to where people are coming from yeah I think that like away from all of our politics and everyone's opinions like everyone's a human being and like the only way we're going to reach people on the opposite side is to learn how to be human and to like love people and to approach without judgment even when the opinions are like highly political and they feel very hurtful and personal. Sure. Um, but I think that like, yeah, it's just really hard to like not have a knee jerk reaction to something like again, you know, like to make it great again. Like what are you referring to? Like yeah. there has just been so much pain for so many people in the story of our country. And to me, like, I just don't know what time you're referring to when you say again.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. in, you know, the only way, kind of conclusion we can make is a cynical and nihilistic kind of point of view on right. you know, well what else can we do? Mm-hmm. And to kind of touch on like that that uh like becoming more human, I think we're getting I, I think we're getting further from being human.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like with this social like quote unquote, you know, I hope my air quotes are coming through <laughs> on this microphone, but these this social media. Like we're supposed to be social we're supposed to be social. Mm-hmm. But if this is the most Divided we've ever been Mm -hmm. Ever You know It's between blue and red It's between black and white Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's between Mexico and America It's Mm -hmm. between America and China Mm -hmm. It's between the sick and the healthy Mm -hmm. We've created this division So many different divisions In this In in nowadays And we're supposed to be so connected right now Mm -hmm. And it's just like I think that With the uprise of social media We have had the downfall Of empathy Mm -hmm. And I think that Although you can 't go on Instagram and say "Ah f- fuck whoever without right. being publicly humiliated and destroyed and and, and vilified right but it 's just like why like where where are we actually going to find level ground where like with this social media thing when are we actually going to going to be connected as it 's supposed to as what what the like what the goal of the social media is supposed to do. It's supposed to connect us. Mm-hmm. We are connected, I guess, in a sense, but it's all fictitious. It's all super superficial.
2: Yeah. We
0: don't know what the fuck is actually going on outside of our phones until we go outside and we're like, holy shit, this, this is actually terrible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And We see all these good things that we're seeing. Everything that we see on, on Instagram is all zeros and ones. Through that screen, all we, all we see is, is binary code. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how real can it be? how I can make up, a I can make up all these fake facts and all this, that, and the other about, you know, what's happening in, in, in the, in politics, but it's like, who's going to fact check it? Nobody. Right. That, that is a little bit off topic, but like in, in the terms of like, that's how I feel about to social me, media. That's not off topic. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, no, but it's just like, I, feel I mean, like, I
1: love talking about I just yeah. feel like
0: people are becoming a lot less empathetic. And I think, I mean, not to really go off on a tangent, but we could talk about AI stuff as well, but like robots and like how that's actually progressing, like in today's, it's not like super far-fetched to think about that stuff. Like it's right around the corner, AR, VR,
1: I mean, if you see the stuff that Elon Musk is doing, it's like-
0: It's so crazy. It's crazy. It's amazing, but it's crazy.
1: What's it called? Neuralink.
0: Neuralink, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) I think it's amazing. Yeah, my brother's take on is is amazing, cause like as a, as a
1: I'm like mm, I don't know.
0: It's yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. But but he, maybe it's
1: also partially me just being like I think I have an a, like a implicit bias against technology because of I like I'm so about trying to connect with people and yeah. I feel like it's but this is something that like my friend has kind of was talking to me about and like that. Everything, like, has duality. Like, yeah. there is positive and negative. There is, like, light and dark. There's these elements to everything. I'm not trying to say that there is no, like, there's no, like, right or wrong. But I just think that so many things carry with them both a the positive and negative. Oh, yeah. I feel like technology, like, we can't say it's all bad and we can't say it's all good. Yeah. It's just, like, there are so many positives to it. Like, and the way that... It's funny because even the things itself that it's been good are equally bad. Like our ability to quickly disseminate information like with Arab Spring and like a lot of things happening in the Middle East, we're able to get these like real time videos on Twitter and like, wow, we can see up close like what's happening. How in the world we ever have been able to achieve the access to information. But yet we can see now with like QAnon and like a lot of misinformation and disinformation with the fake news, um, like Trump era it's how quickly we can also equally disseminate, like, things that aren't true, so, yeah, so it's just, like, everything has a positive and negative, and, like, I think also something that we're trying to figure out is, because it's so new, we don't know how to regulate it, and I think people are, have a knee-jerk reaction to, like, wanting to regulate it, because they think that it's going against free speech, but it's hard, because it's, like, how do we have this platform where we allow like hate speech and these kind of things to just fly free? Or there's literally for a while, Facebook was still allowing like Holocaust denial on Facebook. And Mark Zuckerberg finally just came out recently was like, Hey, we're not going to allow like Holocaust denial on Facebook anymore.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's like how, like, it is like a, like moral dilemma because we're like, You know, obviously we want to allow free speech, but how do we regulate something that we've never dealt with before? Yeah, and so we're basically having to try to figure out like, what is, like, can we regulate it? How do we regulate it? Like, yeah, you know, how do you
0: put a filter on that? What's free speech versus misinformation versus I just want to create propaganda?
1: Exactly. No, it's such a fine line because we, it's just such a new, novel thing for like the world and for our generation, and so I think everyone has a myriad of opinions about, like, how we should go about dealing with the internet, but yeah. it's, like, crazy.
0: And that honestly brings me into a segue that I didn't even <laughs> write down. I didn't even write it down, but I, uh, I still want to, I don't want, I don't want to forget some of these things, yeah. but, um, like, conspiracy, I was thinking about conspiracy, so, uh-huh. like, if the internet didn't exist, like, 99% of the conspiracies I feel like that exist nowadays wouldn't actually exist. I mean, yeah. we do have those crazy people who are like, oh, it's the government, you know? Right. Like, come I on, mean, it's man.
1: always been around, like, yeah. lizard people, like, the I don't know. Trump. I don't
0: know. Donald Trump might <laughs> be a lizard guy. <laughs> but uh, the, I think, and I think it was Dun- Duncan Trussell. I don't know if you've heard of Duncan Trussell before. He's a great podcaster, but okay, he says... I he's like, he's like, conspiracy theories are basically like modern day folklore. Yeah.
2: It's like, when really you think about, it it's, about it. it, it's like,
0: you think about the chupacabra and mm-hmm. like weird, like old Mexican tales and Spanish yeah. and Greek tales. It's like Greek mythology was nothing but, was nothing but uh folklore, you know? Mm-hmm. And now we, we have these stories about, Whatever you know, fucking the Bermuda Triangle. You know yeah. that's very. It's that's a very recent but kind of old <laughs> folklore. It's like we know yeah. nothing about it. Right. People are scared of the Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. You don't fly over it because all electric tri- electricity goes out. You go down. You go missing. It's mm-hmm. like what the fuck. It's like or what? like
1: step on a crack. You know. It's like yeah. just like there's so many things superstitions yeah, superstition, and and, yeah. and
0: weird new nuanced uh, conspiracies like mm-hmm. folklore. I don't know. Yeah, that, that I was thinking about that earlier. I was just like, I wonder, like how, like Reddit, like uh, if you've ever been on Reddit. Oh,
1: trust me, I I I've like switched from Instagram to Reddit. <laughs> oh,
0: it's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm like, it's amazing. I need to get off Instagram Reddit and like. Is where yeah. information is. Yeah. Like,
1: but there's also like <laughs> equal amounts of like not information. Yeah, there.
0: people in the. I comments feel like people are pretty are, mean. Oh, God. On,
1: on Reddit, like even worse than Instagram. Unrivaled
0: yeah. on Reddit, like versus YouTube comments. Yeah. The people are so mean. People are so stupid. I people know. are so mean. They just say. But at the, least
1: you can downvote it.
0: You know, that's right. You can. It'll, yeah. it'll end up or you can flag it. You can and flag it'll, it. It'll go yeah. missing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll say like post deleted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right.
1: I've been, I've been like <laughs> obsessed with cults and conspiracy theories. Fuck like yeah. I love <laughs> cults.
0: I want to, I want to start a cult.
1: Have you have you? There's a new documentary called the uh, the vow on HBO Max. It's about Nexium.
0: Tight. No, I I have don't you heard even about know about Nexium. No, don't know anything about that. Okay. You gotta tell me right now. It's
1: um, well, I mean, it's not amazing.
0: Nexium. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah, so I like I just recently watched that. They're actually still filming, not filming, but they're about to release the last episode in the series. Oh and shit. And so Nexium was um. Kind of, I think it started in like the late '90s, and it went all the way, or must've been the 2000s. As you talk
0: about, I'm gonna look it up.
1: Yeah, it went all. It's NXIVM. It's like a self improvement MLM. uh, It was basically like an MLM program. The leader of it was Keith Raniere, and he, I believe, is still on. He's not out on bail.
0: Here he is. And Allison Mack from
1: Smallville was. In this cult too, who, who
0: from Smallville? Allison Mack, what,
1: what? Allison Mack from Smallville. Oh. She was in this cult. Sick. And she's actually um, out on like a five million dollar bail or something like that.
2: Oh shit.
1: So I'll quickly summarize it. Okay. Um. So it was kind of like this MLM structured program that was about self improvement. And it's, what is it, MLM? Um. Uh. What's it called? Multi level marketing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of a modern example of MLM, like Amway. Um, have you, have you heard of like, some people even call like some of the essential oil programs, uh, MLM, because it's like a pyramid. It's like a pyramid. And so the people at the bottom have to prop up the people at the top. And so basically you all, everyone has to buy in and a very uh, small minority of people make a lot of money it says pyramid, and most people network, are losing referral. money yeah
0: so it's just the referral like program. even
1: Mary Kay is essentially like a yeah, yeah, like yeah. A yeah. there's a
0: company called verve back in the day Yeah. that was like an energy drink company i try i almost mm-hmm. got re- or vector recruited p- into them mm-hmm. yeah like the knife company there's yeah. a lot of companies so like so
1: they that. have to recruit people to keep a lot of people at the bottom so that, that props up the people at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally, most of those companies, like the people at the top, there's only like a couple people that ever make a lot of money. Yeah. But they're always advertised as like, look, I got a car out of this, or I went to this island or whatever. Like most people um, make very little or end up losing money. And they're technically illegal. So all these companies that try to start in that structure, they always are trying to cover up the fact that they're an MLM. Like they're trying to justify like, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway.
0: Oh, shit. So, like,
1: people had to pay a lot of money to be in this, like, self-improvement program, and it was all about, like... uh, They basically, like, ended up to legitimize themselves, like, recruiting some famous people, some actors, different things that. Kind of like like how Scientology, (laughs) which I also just recently watched a Scientology documentary. Oh,
0: (laughs) that shit, the Hulu one? I don't know if you're talking about my Scientology movie. That shit's fucking crazy. I haven't watched that one. I think I watched the
1: Going Clear one.
0: Sorry, don't even interrupt Anyway,
1: so... um, (laughs) So the thing is, is that this guy was incredibly deceptive and manipulative and that he had, like, mentally, I think he envisioned a role for each person. Like, so the program itself eventually split up into a lot of, like, subdivisions. So they had, like, a men's group, a women's group, um, this, like, different... They just had a bunch of different, like, offshoots or branches of the actual main group. And in, in some of those offshoots and branches where, like, some really messed up stuff started to happen. Yeah. And there was basically like a sex cult where they were trafficking girls. They were calling like master and slave. They were branding girls, all sorts of really crazy stuff. And, um, the guy himself had created like so many relationships with people that a lot of people, like even when stuff started to come out, they kept trusting him because he was like, so like, like, he specifically cultivated relationships with certain people, I think, in order yeah. to like, and was shielding information from people that I think he knew. Like, this person I can manipulate, this person I might not be able to manipulate. And he was like so, um, like, evil, like in the way that he was like keeping information. And there's just like so much messed up, messed up stuff going on, but it's like yeah. very interesting and like psychologically. And I think like you should definitely. He look must into have been a really
0: smart person because people. Like who like someone like Hitler, like who can who can say things in a certain way, or Trump. I compare Trump To Hitler, like so Mm -hmm. honestly, like just the way he talks with like just that extreme, like people are attracted to people, emphatic people.
1: But he's in he's an actor. Yeah, like he's so well at the show. He does so well at the show business side of it.
0: Like that doesn't even matter to people. It's like people don't even know who Justin Bieber is yet. These girls would probably kill themselves over him. Yeah, it's like or back in the day, you know what I mean. But it's like, what was it about him? What was Mm -hmm. that appeal? Mm -hmm. Was it the sex appeal? Was it was it the Trump? It's
1: not the sex appeal. (laughs)
0: I don't know Sorry, his toupee. His to toupee gets me pretty hot and bothered. I'll tell you what.
1: That Trump, tan though. God damn that that red
0: tie. When he's he's suited up. Oh man. But no, I don't know. There's just something like about like some people's energy they give off where they can just almost tell people whatever the fuck they want and they'll yeah. just do whatever. Yeah. I feel like that's just with most cults, like the like the Jonestown cult. Yeah, like that shit was crazy. It's like I don't know about that one. The the drink the Kool Aid one,
1: Mm-mm, bunch of people know.
0: died. Crazy shit. Okay, okay let right. me tell you about this one. <laughs> okay. So Jonestown, I might, I honestly might even be wrong about this. Okay, uh, Jonestown, yes, the People's Temple of Agricultural, uh, the People's Temple Agricultural Project, okay, uh, A.K.A. Jonestown, was a, uh, a San Francisco cult. Actually, mm-hmm. my grandma told me that she was almost recruited to try and join this cult. Uh, wow. It was back in 1978. Uh, mm-hmm. Georgetown. It was in Georgetown, uh, Guyana's capital city. Um, basically, it was 909 people mm-hmm. involved in this mass suicide where they poisoned this Kool-Aid with cyanide. So it was drink what? the Kool-Aid, don't drink the Kool-Aid. This guy, this guy named Jim Jones, I might be wrong. people died? 909 people, including children. Men, women, children drank this Kool-Aid. And there's pictures. It's insane pictures. I'll show you. I'm going to pull this shit up. Wow. It's terrifying Like what, what somebody's words can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I mean, I know people in the, on the podcast can't Sorry. see this, but look at this. These are people. These are wow. all people just like all dead. This was like yeah. a, this was very recent in terms of like, like you know suicidal 19, cult 70s? like yeah the seventies yeah. eighties yeah but there's this a lot is of
1: stuff going on terrifying 70s. 70s. this is <laughs> in the terrifying 60s, like
0: <laughs> the this this summer of love shit and people being yeah. like this this like kind of almost like woke mm-hmm. di- technical difficulties this um I'm sorry guys this like woke kind of like man the sixties like sixty nine mm-hmm. to like 88 ish i don't know mm-hmm. was like super crazy with psychedelics and right. the hippie movement yeah and people with a. like like that's when the beatles was super popular exactly. jimmy hendrix all this yeah. transformative like crazy mm-hmm. like what was that i always i always think about that like what was that and there's a lot of people who actually have a book i haven't finished it or or even started very much of it but it's talking about a uh, Charles Manson and how mm-hmm. Charles Manson was part of the uh, MK Ultra I don't know if you ever heard of the MK Ultra have, projects yes. mm-hmm. yeah with LSD on crazy like just yeah. prisoners and stuff like that and mm-hmm. they wanted to create sleeper cells mm-hmm. and I think that a, this is just my conspiracy I love conspiracy <laughs> stuff but I think a lot of like school shooters and people who just go insane and just start killing people are sleeper cells and I think that they're created by I don't know which government, but a government—maybe it's ours, maybe it's someone else's—that just like do this crazy shit. Like we don't know any information about these people. Let's say the Sandy Hook guy. I did Mm. a lot of Sandy Hook. I
1: also back okay. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) I'm not a conspiracy theorist anymore. Okay. However, I did research a lot about Sandy Hook because that I remember that one coming out and being like, wow,
0: it's Um, it's nuts. It's hard to look away from that shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: like because it's like well first off it's a, it's a shooting that involves children so it's like yeah. catches your attention you're like oh my god that's awful mm-hmm. but you start to look into it and you're like me i still don't know what the fuck to believe with that yeah it's terrifying i feel awful for thinking that but it's just mm-hmm. like who how am i supposed to trust anybody when the guy who shot up the school was named adam lanza mm-hmm. there's like no information about this kid
2: mm-hmm. this
0: was 2012 2012 Mm. Facebook was around all this shit was still like you know social media existed yeah but it's just like we don't know anything about any of the kids that were there like we don't know anything about Adam Lanza Mm. I think that sometimes like people some people maybe not him but like some of the shooters like the Las Vegas shooter maybe he was a sleeper cell maybe he just like was pumped up with so much drugs and then was convinced later on in his life that he's going to commit some crazy horror act by, because he had some trigger in his mind. You know, they say a a certain mantra to him and he goes crazy and just starts killing people. There's people who, I don't know. I I don't know. Is that too far fetched to think (laughs) about? Is that, is that too crazy?
1: For, for me, like, I think there is a healthy and an unhealthy amount of skepticism. Like, yeah. So I think that, I wish I, I honestly haven't, I don't remember Uh that much about, I remember his name, but I don't remember that much about Sandy Hook when I was looking into it. I remember at the time I was like, wow, I think this is a conspiracy. But now that I'm like, I just think that like, there's like, I think for our own mental health in general, I think that like, I also think that going down, like, the conspiracy theory rabbit hole can be, like, an an actual rabbit hole and take you to some places that, like, just are not, like... Number one, you're never really going to find answers. And number two, like, I think just it's kind of unhealthy yeah at times because it breeds a deep sense of distrust. I honestly think that, like, just... The way that our government, I think that there's so much distrust. And I feel like that's why it's such a ripe ground for conspiracy theories right now. 100%. I don't know how we can get to the point where we can build trust again in our government and like in our institutions. But I think it's extremely problematic right now because like, like even the stuff with COVID. I just feel like it's like, I feel as if, if people were more trusting, like, you know, in New Zealand they like actually trust their doctors and they trust like the medical community and they trust their government and like they've been able to squash it but I feel like people here are so distrustful of like the scientific community and they're distrustful of government so it's been able to I understand these are like very hot button political issues but like I know everyone has a varying degree of opinions on certain things right now but I just think that like if we were able to cultivate a sense of trust again, like in our institutions and in science. And like, I, I obviously think like we obvious we all need to be slightly skeptical of everything. I don't, yeah. I don't think anyone should have any blind faith in, in anything. I think it's very 100%. good to ask questions. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it can be dangerous sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's no, that's true. My yeah. whole thing is just like, if you don't, it, it's kind of like, if someone tells you not to think of like don't think of a pink elephant, the mm-hmm. first thing you're gonna think of is a pink oh, yeah. elephant. one hundred percent. It's just kind <laughs> of like a, don't tell people not to do something if you expect that they're gonna do it anyways.
1: Yeah.
2: Kind
0: of like. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole that's it's a rabbit hole. It Conspiracies is. Conspiracies is definitely a rabbit hole. I've been there. I've been there at three in the morning on Reddit. Oh yeah. I've been on YouTube. I've I've scene. Yeah. i i've spent my time i downloaded all these files about sandy hook shit <laughs> like i've been there i don't want to talk about it anymore because yeah. i'm kind of afraid that if i am right then what the fuck does that even mean right. and if i'm wrong then i'm wrong so cool right. you know it's like so what there is no like
1: there yeah what like, is the cool outcome? like there like, is no outcome there's no right. like a-
0: outcome that i'm just like okay i'm satisfied now yeah so it's like what's the point
1: but that's why i think like even like how QAnon has been so successful and that, like, you know the whole Pizzagate thing?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: and someone literally went to that pizza place in D.C. with, like, an AK-47 and broke in because they thought that there was a basement where they were trafficking children, and it was, like, a pizza yeah. place that was just going on regular, normal business. They yeah. don't even have a basement. People, True there or are not? their are families in there eating. Why the
0: fuck would you do that? True or not? <laughs> Why the fuck would you but do I that? But I think
1: that, like, that there is... You have to look where ideas take you. Yeah. And like, I just think in some cases, it's like, where is this information going to take people? Not saying you specifically, but I just think that like, like that is how truth can be. So like, that's why it's so important to like, figure out what the truth is, because I, I, it can literally take you down such a crazy road, Yeah. But I don't know. I also think with conspiracies, yeah. like, I think that, number one, people want to have someone to blame. I think sometimes things just happen. And I, also, think I think that I people want to have a scapegoat for yeah. everything. I agree with that. And it's like, I, my, one of my favorite songs is that song by Atmosphere. Have you, have you ever heard it? I don't, like, I don't listen to I'm atmosphere, trying to remember, I'm remember. I'm trying to remember, sorry, but it's really good. He's like, it's the caffeine, the nicotine, the milligrams of tar, it's my habitat that needs to be cleaned, it's my car, it's the fast talk they use to abuse and feed my brain. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: but it's called
1: scapegoat. Susanna's got bars. It's so bars.
2: good. <laughs> it's <bars>. so good. <laughs> Plug the mixtape, go ahead. That's what I, that's what and- I always
1: <laughs> think of. I think of that song because it's like, we always want to have like something that we can pinpoint and the truth and reality is that sometimes things just happen sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes good things happen. Sometimes things just happen. They're just, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no meaning. Sometimes things are we, chaos. Things we just, just happen. just can't
0: accept things sometimes. We
1: can't accept them. So we draw up this whole elaborate, like, yeah, there may have actually been someone who decided to go shoot up a school, but like that seems so crazy that we have to come up with a whole story for it. I'm not saying that it's like true or false. I honestly haven't done enough research to like really comment on that. But like, yeah, I just think that like, I think that it's easier for us to process it mentally. Yeah. To we find can, a We victim. can always
0: speculate. We can yeah. always speculate on these, these things and pose skeptical questions. Ask why, ask who, ask, yeah. you know, what, what were the circumstances? We can't just blame somebody just to blame them. Mm-hmm. Like what was the environment? Right. What was the preceding, you know, what were the precursors? What happened? How could this could, how could this have been prevented type thing? Yeah. Um, and not to just really steer the conversation but <laughs>
1: also do you really <laughs> not like atmosphere or something <laughs> i
0: actually i just I, I i've never really just given him the time i'm just not really into like prophetic woke dad rap <laughs> not saying he's a bad rapper
1: yeah
0: like much like logic or, right. or okay uh, i don't like logic that
1: much but i really have like i don't know why ace uh atmosphere always like
0: the atmosphere like is like an OG. Like he's he's an OG with yeah. one of th- in in rap, like like a conscious rap.
1: Yeah, there's I, a song called not, I, God's Bathroom Floor. God's
0: Bathroom Floor.
1: It's amazing. It's about like someone overdosing on heroin, but like, it like made me cry. Like it's so. He's like, it's like his line is like I had a date with divinity, um, and it's like but you wouldn't let me f word. <laughs> Can we swear on this podcast?
0: Yeah, I've been cussing He's this like, whole time. He's like, I got,
1: touched. He's <laughs> like, I got touched by a hazy shade of God, helped me change, felt the rush on the floor from the life in my veins. I'm like, something's like, I don't know why atmosphere like always just like no, he, with me. Was it, was it really
0: atmosphere good. that made the song about the 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 gang members and like some guy like Probably was, like fucking he like kidnapped his own mom and raped his own mom type shit.
1: It was I'm a f fu- sure. I think it was
0: atmosphere. Yeah. I might be wrong, but yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway it was a no, really yeah logic
1: i'm sorry i'm not a big fan of logic <laughs> so we can agree on that <laughs>
0: um i think i don't know i don't i don't know much about atmosphere i don't want to even act like i know about atmosphere it's okay we don't have to talk I, about I, atmosphere I, anymore. I, I just
1: like you had like a kind of dismissive reaction so i was like wait, I, I need a pro i just no <laughs> no it's okay no i'm
0: just i don't know i'm not into like woke rappers i'm, yeah. I'm into i am into rap i love rap yeah i like hip-hop yeah. I think there's a fine line between it. I, I forgot. I can't really, I, I don't want, I don't really want to get into like, like the different what well, I, because it's all my opinion and so many people right. like disagree with my opinion when it comes to music, uh-huh. but it's just like, yeah, I think, I think most music should just be for more of the feeling and expressiveness.
2: Yeah.
0: Like if I paint something that offends you, then it offends you because it offended you. Right. It's not because I went out to paint it to offend you. Just like if I make music and it offends you, it offended you because it offended you, not because I wrote it to hurt you. It wasn't meant to attack or do anything. If I say blah, 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 you know, blah, fuck, fuck, fuck your bitch, whatever. It's like, it's just like, I think that the expressive like side of music, and this is what I think in in terms of like rap music nowadays, like my favorite rapper is Earl Sweatshirt. Like I think of all time. Interesting. Like I think... He his uh his point of view when it comes to like how he thinks rap music nowadays is is the new coded slave music. Like cause slave hymnals had to be coded in a certain way. For you know, when they were like let's say the Underground Railroad, they would sing to these certain songs and they would have these certain tunes and they would make these rhymes that would say, We're gonna go this way, we're gonna go that way, that their slave owners didn't understand. And that would it would it would guide them to how they would get to the north, like the slaves in the south. That's why Southern Mississippi, like like Southern blues, came from slave music mm-hmm. and, sl- and 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 blues music and all of that was coded slave talk, basically. Mm-hmm. Like it was just it. Was, everything that they said was was a uh, like a not a euphemism, but like, like metaphors for like yeah. how they wanted to escape or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that's how this new music is, whether we, whether we can accept it or even understand it or not. The, the fact that a lot of people our our age, our generation, and a little bit older than us are talking about all these drugs and stuff. It's because we're using it to escape where you like most, most African American and black peop, black, black hip hop is like an escape. Mm-hmm. It's an escape for whatever oppression that they were about. Most rappers always rap about the same thing. Yeah. It's pain. Yeah. It's always about drugs. Why are they doing drugs? Because they had a fucked up life. Because yeah. their father wasn't there. Yeah. Because, because of all these deep things. It's like, yeah, Lil Pump is an idiot. I get that. <laughs> Fucking all these rappers, like they're stupid, but why are they stupid? Why, are they, why do they act like that? It's because they yeah. were misguided. It's exactly. because they were, they were a product of their environment. Like Hitler. Yeah. You can't blame a person on who they are because of their, the, the, the product of their environment it has shaped them. Yeah. You know, you grow up in a certain place. All you know is that place until mm-hmm. so you venture out. And most people don't. Yeah. That's why they get stuck there.
1: I, I think know. it's so it's like hip hop and rap is so rich and beautiful. Mm. I, I think that there's just so much in it. It's so deep and it's like really powerful. I, it's like one of my favorite genres, yeah. but I also feel like it, it is like, I think probably when I first started listening to rap music and hip hop and when I first connected with it, I didn't understand it, not sure. didn't understand it, but like, I think you need to respect it, Yeah. you know? And I think that like white people co-opting it and like, is something that maybe needs to be, you need to be careful with you
0: know. It's it's almost like a kind of like stay in your own lane kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's like whatever. Exactly. And music is music and it should be shared and everybody should be allowed to do whatever they feel yeah. because it's your expression. Yeah. But rap nowadays isn't like how the rap I just explained as mm-hmm. much. That's why I like Earl because he stays true to how he wants to rap.
2: Yeah. He
0: slurs his words. It's very slow, very down-tempoed, like depressing music because he's speaking true from the heart. And then you have somebody like Little Pump, who just all the only all, all he does is talk about lean, and it's like as true as like I was I was saying like he's using that as some type of uh, pick your poison kind of like that's his therapy. Yeah. It's like okay, you could have re- wrote it another way. I think a lot yeah. of the music that's on the radio is just for making money. It's not 100%. actually the coded, you know, oh, like yeah. like I'm saying, like Earl Sweatshirt like doesn't really have a big following anymore like he used
2: to.
1: Yeah, but I, I feel know. like a lot of artists too, like they it is about making money and like they're probably not they're just doing whatever they s- should be producing to yeah. be the most successful it's and it's, it's not really about like being creative or being true to themselves or 100%. being authentic it's just about being like a whatever image needs to be yeah like put out there yeah yeah
0: 100% yeah um so let's. I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna reel this back in because what I wanted to get to okay. was I'm gonna have to talk about fucking yoga. Okay. And you're, you, wow, what do you define yourself as? Do you call yourself a yogi? Is that no. an offensive word?
1: Yeah, I do. no <laughs> one should call themselves a yogi. I don't
0: know. I don't know what word to use. So you tell me, I wanna know about um your yoga experience and how you started with that. And I also wanna know. About how you've grounded yourself in a time where everything is so up in the air.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So I started listening to. I'm gonna fix my headphones because I feel like no, they, they keep they're, like falling they're probably hell
0: uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's
2: cool.
1: Um. Anyway, I. So I. Did I danced when I was younger for like four years? I did ballet, mm-hmm. and then I like I was just always like kind of inflexible and like. I wasn't, like, very graceful, but I always loved dance. So when I went to college, I was, like, I want to try modern dance. Like, I want to do something that feels more fluid and, like, creative. And I, like, really struggled in that class because, like, I had all of that, like, like, be poised, like, kind of, like, in my nature from, like, ballet and, like, trying to, like, loosen up and relax was, like, really hard for me. Yeah. But some of our warm-ups were yoga, like, our... I'm my modern dance teacher, and so I was kind of like, what is yoga? I was just, like, interested, and when I went home that uh, semester, I went, like, found this local yoga studio and went and took a class, and I vividly remember the first class that I went to, and I think that a lot of people don't, like, always have this experience on their first, like, time in class, Yeah. but I literally felt like I was high after class. Like, I went home, and I, like, started drawing and, like, writing, and I just, like, wow. I think I always was, like, I always wanted to be like the smartest. I was very cerebral and like, like intellectual. And like, I always really prized like the mind. I think it's just like something to me that I, yeah, I think I just like lived in my mind and I never knew that there was like another way to exist and like how to be embodied and like how to be present. And so I just like, didn't know that there's a way to actually like slow your mind down. And so like, I think without having words for it, I think I love that phrase is like, before you like had the words to like describe it something but you were already yeah. feeling it like you yeah. didn't really know how to like explain it but like you were living it hell yeah and so i think i was just like what is this so then i actually went to that studio for several years and i just started attending that Do studio you want
0: to tell the name or what um, was it called
1: yes shout out eastern shore yoga <laughs> actually
0: eastern shore yoga eastern
1: shore yoga actually one nice. of my friends um so the teacher there was like the most inspiring her name is dd Dee Dee McHugh, and she was the one shout who encouraged out. me also another shout out but she was the one who encouraged me to go get my yoga teacher training but actually, one of my friends actually now has taken over that studio, and she's amazing. And she's like my age, and we actually went to college together. And she took over that studio and is running it now. So if you happen That's to so randomly cool. be in Maryland... <laughs> yeah. She's really cool, and you should check out this yoga studio.
0: Eastern... What is it? Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Shore Yoga. Okay, in Maryland. Yes, in Maryland. Tight.
1: So anyway, this teacher, she was like... She, I think she could just see how um, like into it I was and how committed I was. Yeah. And she was like, I really think you should go get your training. And I was like really? Like, I don't know. And so she literally like gave me a yoga mat. She gave me all the books I would need, like for the curriculum and everything. And I went to North Carolina to Asheville to get my yoga teacher training. I did a 30 day intensive 200 hour training.
0: How crazy. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But Asheville is where Duncan Trussell lives. No way. That's like my favorite. Asheville podcaster.
1: is like she an amazing place. Have you ever been there?
2: No. Never one of, been in North one Carolina. of my
1: friends lives there now. Um, but it's amazing. It's really beautiful. It's I think it's an amazing, like, it, progressive city, but it's also, like, in the mountains. It's surrounded by nature. Like, the place that my friend used to live, she literally, like, had a mountain spring that, like, ran by her house, and she would get fresh water from there. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. It's a little, It's small. It's, like, obviously nowhere near the size of San Diego, yeah, but it yeah. has, like, a downtown. Um, when I was, like, getting my teacher training there, there was, like, a women's march there, and we, like, went to downtown. There were thousands of people there, and there's, wow. like, a lot of really progressive, like, people there and... There's like a lot of healthy food and just like you know very like empathetic, mindful people, yeah, um so I really liked my time there, but That's I lived so there cool. for like uh i so I stayed with a woman there for like a month, did my training there, and then when I came back, the teacher wanted me to start teaching right away, so I wow. started teaching at two different studios in Maryland for about like a year or so, and then I was like, I want to get more training like. So I did this program called the Prison Yoga Project. Um, I went up to Connecticut, and so it started by this guy named James Fox. And so he started, like, the first ever prison yoga program in the San Quentin prison systems um, here in California. And then he developed a training to help teach teachers all over to give them some type of credibility to get into, like, the prison systems.
2: That's um, so cool. So
1: he actually, anytime he will give like a free book to anyone in prison who like wants it. And it's like basically like a breakdown of yoga. Um, so he has this book and he has this training. And so it basically was, that was like my first introduction to trauma because like, I really had never heard about trauma before. So that training, it was like a three day training and that like opened up a whole new avenue of yoga for me. Wow. And then after that, I did a training through this program called Off the Mat into the world. Um, it's run by Sean Korn and, um, that training was here in, um, it was in Santa Monica and it was basically, um, social justice and trauma informed yoga. So it was like, I think it was called collective, um, interpersonal and collective healing. Um, and it was about this was specifically like their systemic segment. And so we talked a lot about systemic um, like racial injustice and the intersection of that with the yoga world and um, just like yoga institutions, how maybe they have had elements of racial injustice and how to be the most inclusive that we possibly can in yoga and also like how to be more trauma informed. So um, approaching the practice of yoga with like, People's different trauma sensitivities and yeah. how to like include that in a class, um, and also how like to like be the most healing and um, just like the most mindful in that section. So now I'm actually thinking about. I started like over the past few weeks looking into my 300 hour. Um, I'm interested in like maybe going to the Soul of Yoga in Encinitas. Wow, they're like a really um, amazing yoga school. And the cool thing about their program is that you can kind of take little um, segments at a time and kind of break it up and also find things that you want to specialize in, which is like kind of the direction that I think I would like to go. But
0: how many hours are you at right now, or
1: um? So I think there's fourteen, and 12. so I did the two hundred, and then the one course was fourteen hours, and the other was twenty, so oh, wow. like two hundred and thirty hours.
0: You're putting training. your time in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like. There's like a lot of talk in the yoga community that like 200 hours is not enough for someone to be a yoga teacher.
0: That's a long ass time. 200 but, I mean I mean
1: But <laughs> but like I just think that there's like the problem is there's like the knowledge side and there's the practice side. Yeah. And I think a lot of trainings like do a good job of maybe the knowledge side, but think about all the things you have to learn like a yoga teacher I think people come to yoga teachers and they expect them to have a lot of like anatomical knowledge, or almost that they're like a doctor. Like yeah. I've had people ask me very specific things about certain body parts, and like a two hundred hour training can only cover so much anatomy. Yeah. Like I'm not a like I'm not a doctor, even though like I would love to. I honestly want to know more. Like about, where does that like,
0: come from? Why do people ask about that?
1: Well, I think that a lot of times people like are looking to coming to yoga to heal something specific. Huh. Um, I'm not saying that they're not like going to a doctor but their doctor might be like hey you should try yoga and so they go to the yoga there, and they're like I have uh, this IT band thing or my you know I have this thing going on with my shoulder and it's like if someone says they have something going on with your shoulder it's like I mean (laughs) I can like give you some yoga poses that might help with your shoulder but if I don't know like what specific part of your shoulder or like what muscle like or what's going on with you I think it's like you have to be careful with, like, you know, you obviously want to make sure that you're not making someone's injury worse and that you're actually helping them. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's just, like, so much to think about and there's so much to learn. I just feel like I have so much more that I want to, you know, like, keep learning about. It's so interesting to me.
0: For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, what is your... I guess what is your goal is a big question but like what like what's your like I guess like five year goal like where mm-hmm. do you see yourself in in terms of like as a teacher mm-hmm. or in, like as a guru of some sort like <laughs> what, what do you like what's your maybe not your ultimate goal but like yeah. what do you what do what do you want to be ideally I think
1: that's still what I'm trying to figure out. I think that, for me it's been I I think something that they talk about in like trauma work even as therapists it's like people are drawn to that because of their own pain they're drawn to like learning about these things because they're like so even if it's in their like subconscious they're trying to understand themselves yeah i think that i was drawn to yoga like because of things that i've been through in my life and Mm -hmm. like it was so powerful and healing for me and i didn't even at first it wasn't like that it was selfish but i just never even imagined that i would ever teach like it wasn't really something at first i was just like I want to learn more about this. It was never really, I never went into it. Even my training, I didn't go into it with the intention of like, I'm going to go be a yoga teacher. It yeah. was more just like, I want to understand myself. And I think it was so like, I think that I realized like when I did teach, like that it was impactful and they think I noticed like, wow, this does like help other people too. And like, I think it's a hard balance. Like I think that at times I felt like I haven't like really gotten to where I want to be yet. And like, I didn't feel authentic being a teacher, like in certain, like, especially back in Maryland, like some of the lifestyle I was living at the time, I was like, I don't really, I did take it pretty seriously. And I was like, I want to be living like what I'm teaching. I want to be living what I'm like, I want to embody all these like maxims and ideas and philosophies and these things that I'm like trying to teach and tell other people to be. It's like, am I being that myself? Like, I really want to like feel authentic in that way. I think that I've always, like, been – I think that, like, through certain things, like, with my family and kind of seeing things with, like, the jail and the prison system, like, the criminal justice system. And I was in, like, a debate league, and we debated about the criminal justice system when I was yeah. in high school, and that really, like, sparked my interest, and I learned so much about it during that year. And then also, like, watching my sister, like, um, go in and out of jail, I think it just really impressed on me. Like, I – that's why I did, like, the prison yoga training. But I also think like homelessness has been something that's like really touched my heart and especially being out here. I think that like I've never really been super drawn to teaching in like a traditional studio, even though I have. But I haven't really figured out like what that looks like for like teaching outside of it. There are a lot of programs that are kind of already doing it. And so I'm kind of trying to figure out like do I want to affiliate myself or like help in like some other program? Do I kind of want to do something on my own? Like I think I'm still trying to figure it out. And I also still want to like continue to like develop myself and like really fine tune my skills and like I think in my younger years I kind of just like jumped to everything
2: sure
1: and now as I'm getting older I kind of want to be like I want to actually be like not an expert but I just want to like because we're never an expert like we're always learning and so I don't ever want to like prevent myself from doing something just thinking like oh I could just be better I could just be better it's like you have to start at some point
2: yeah
1: um but I just think I like have so much that I want to do
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that right now is like the best time. Yeah, like, so many people are are hungry, like mm-hmm. myself included. Yeah, in this time right now to just feel connected to something. Yeah, where we just feel so disconnected, so ungrounded, and everything is just so shitty right now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really is. Like with presidency and COVID and like we have no so idea what's happening. It's so overwhelming yeah. and like in, you know, not not to like really just talk about myself too much, but like just, I really wanted to find more of the spiritual side of me. And Mm -hmm. I know, I I know people, you know, like yourself who have found this avenue, which most people just don't go down because they're just like, ah, it's hippy dippy. You know, so many people are so judgmental about that. yeah And I kind of wanted to ask like, to explain a little bit more about like spiritualism versus religion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus um like, I don't know, like metaphysical. And, and I don't, I don't really know how, <laughs> what I'm asking, but exactly. Yeah. But like, like what can you explain about like Dharma, I guess. And like, and karma and like mm-hmm. all of that stuff and like how you've connected to the spiritual side.
1: Mm. I think that like, I honestly can say that I, it's funny because We've talked about this before, but I was raised, like, very um, Christian, and I was homeschooled, and, like, I I love my parents, but I was, like, it was very, very strict, like, listen to hymns, like, wear skirts, like, below your knee, like, just, like, never talk to a guy, like, just, like, really kind of extreme. Yeah. But honestly, as much as I love, I still love church. I haven't really been to church in a while, but I still, like, I'll watch like sermons and different things like that. But I honestly felt I learned more in yoga class about God than I did in a church. Yeah. And I think there's a huge problem with church, not knowing how to reach out to young people today. And I think that young people don't find religion relatable. I think it's very like moralistic, legalistic, like, liturgical, just, like, very... I'm not saying that the church needs to, like, engage young people, but, like, I just feel that it's, like, it's very unrelatable to so many people, and so I think... It
0: should be, like, engage young people. (laughs) Like, it's
2: very old-fashioned But,
1: but, yeah, I just feel like it's, like, the truths are so life-changing, and they're so relatable to everything that we're going through right now, Yeah. but yet, like, the way that the church has alienated so many people... I think is just so damaging. I think that Christianity especially has alienated people from so many different walks of life when that's not who God is. And that's not, I think what the intention like behind it is. And so I think that like my parents, my dad was like really upset when he found out I was doing yoga. Really? Because I I think that there's like any time we don't understand something, it's really easy to judge it. If you don't, understand it you're it's so easy to jump into judgment or like yeah. so I think it's just like from someone like my dad like he's never gonna do yoga and he's reading some article online that like oh it's like brings in the demons or the spirits or whatever and it's like
2: yeah
1: or whatever people have the opposite opinion or it's like oh it's just a bunch of hippies and like doesn't even do anything it's like until you actually experience something you're just gonna have a conception of you're gonna have no idea of what it's actually like yeah. And I think that, like, kind of like how we were talking earlier and, like, um, this writer and Francis Kim Fryer, who's really inspired me recently, Richard Rohr, is that he talks a lot about how we create a God who looks a lot like ourselves. Yeah. And I feel like um, we can't – we have a really hard time conceiving what God is like. Sure. And we try to – we make God into a human. And so we have all these ideas, like, ooh, God is a man and God does this or God likes that or God's, you know – And we're just, we're placing these human conditions on God where God is so beyond human conditions. God, none of these labels or these judgments and these, you know, aversions and the things we cling to, like, none of those things, those are all outside of the realm of, like, who God is. Yeah. And so I just think that, like, the church, like, this, like, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, like these men who have these traumatic, damaging relationships with their family created this traumatic, judgmental God who's angry. And that's, like, who they envision God to be. And I think it's been incredibly destructive to, like, the history of the church and that we envisioned and portrayed God to be that. Um, So I think I'm kind of figuring out and finding my way. Like, I really like, kind of like I mentioned earlier, that Richard Rohr talks about um contemplation which is basically like kind of taking some of these eastern ideas of like meditation yeah prayer like prayer is not meant to be like i'm putting something in the little gumball machine i'm gonna get something out it's like prayer is supposed to be more like meditation than it is supposed to be more like writing a list for god and sending it off
2: Yeah.
0: What a way to put it. (laughs)
1: Really? Like, that's not what I think that everyone had this. Not everyone, but just like my idea of what prayer was, was like, Okay, God, well, keep me safe and take care of me. And okay, well, bye.
2: Yeah. And it's like
1: the practice of like he really talks about like how can the mind that's so ego driven even conceive of something like God? like, the mind that's so reactive, the mind that's so, like, just caught up in the self, like, how could you ever really think about God, like, until you get out of the mind, get into your body, and you're contemplative, and you're thinking, and you're calm, and you're withdrawing, like, your senses from the world, and you're able to, like, go within, and I think, like, that's what I achieved through yoga, and that's, like, in Shavasana, at the end of, like, a yoga class like I felt God more than I felt in church at times because I just felt like I was like so calm and able to like actually receive and listen and like be present and like that's yeah. when I've like been able to hear God and like feel God versus like when we're running around so caught up in our everyday lives I think there's that like parable in the Bible of like Mary and Martha and like Mary is like sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha's running around super busy and she's like oh what are you doing, Mary? Aren't you gonna come help me? And like, he's like, Mary is the one who like really knows like what it means to be in the presence of God because she's just sitting here. She's calm. She's listening. She's not preoccupied with all the noise in the world. I I think that like so much of the Bible has been interpreted as like like as like the letter of the law instead yeah. of like being a metaphor for like how we can live our lives like in the present day. And so yeah. I think that like being able to see the lessons and the beauty in it. You know, I think can help, like apply so much to our lives.
0: That's that's such a that's such a you put that all very well. <laughs> um, as a as a person who I grew up Catholic,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I was just so I, I was like you know north and north magnets just like repelled. Yeah, like I, I just, know a lot of I, people
1: who were raised Catholic who are like.
0: Well, that's the Including thing.
1: Including my current boyfriend and also my ex-boyfriend.
0: <laughs> the thing about Catholicism, I think, that drives people away is just mm. the, cons- the consistent inconsistencies yeah. in the teachings. Mm-hmm. It's like, how are we supposed to follow people who we think all touch little boys? Like, these, yeah. these, the people who we're supposed to call father, the popes and stuff. Like, how yeah. do we trust that?
2: Yeah. How
0: do we trust something that's so secret? And it's just it just never made sense to me, especially like with, you know, I I ha- so I have a brother with a uh, with a with a physical disability. Okay. He's got muscular mm-hmm. dystrophy, and I mm-hmm. always just blamed, you know, I was like people have all these, you know, these uh, these prayers, and they pray, they pray, they pray, and something comes out of it, and it works. And I was like it never worked for me, so I was like, why yeah. would I ever trust that? Why would yeah. I ever trust prayer? And it um and it, it something that drove me away from. <clears throat> from Christianity and Catholicism and and God mostly was and I I'm I'm getting closer to more of a spiritualism I don't not believe I'm very agnostic when it comes to that yeah. kind of stuff cuz it's like if a big ass hand came from the sky I'd be like oh my god that's definitely god <laughs> like I can't deny that right but <clears throat> it's just like i was i felt guilty and this is something that came from that freudian book too uh, mm-hmm. civilization and its discontents. Yeah. like the biggest i
1: actually like r- i actually just recently started like reading it with spark notes cuz
0: i was it's like, very <laughs> difficult to understand <laughs> it's hard
1: to read i like i had to cuz actually a friend recommended it to me years ago and then i was like okay i'm going to read this but i was like i got to get like some supplemental thing for this book cuz i did not understand
0: <laughs> so how i figured out how i figured it out, i figured out how it's written mm-hmm. it's written like Somebody took a voice recording, talked for like three hours straight and then wrote down what they talked about. And it's not like it's not wrote it. It's not it's not wrote it. It's not written in like a like a structure. It doesn't have a structure to Mm-mm. it. He just talks. Yeah. But what I got a lot out of that was just like this huge the discontentment with a uh, feeling guilty. Right. For this Christian God, this Father yeah. that we have forsaken, that we have sinned against, and He and His only begotten Son was mm-hmm. given up and crucified and dis- and, and killed for us,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we have
0: to feel guilty. We did something wrong, mm-hmm. like and it's just like why? Why do we need to feel that guilt? What is that guilt? Why? Why do we need to be sorry? Well, I we,
1: carried so much shame this, with me. Like I could relate a lot. I think a lot of people have a lot of shame, and that yeah. was like kind of what I felt like I carried with a lot with me.
0: It's. It sucks. It's mm-hmm. like, honestly just like a really sad thing that like most of us carry through our lives with shame and mm-hmm. guilt for whether it's, it, w- it was usually for our higher ups who were our parents and mm-hmm. then who's above our parents, our God. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're ashamed. We just live in ashamed I, I don't even know if that's a word, but, <laughs> but what I was trying to really get to was just like, you know, we're, we're scared to do anything. You know, it's just this fear and shame. But what I believe now to be God for me is being in that mindfulness and being here and present. I think that that's God. I think Mm -hmm. that when you, like you said, step outside of your brain for a second Mm -hmm. and kind of shut down that overthinking, like hamster in a wheel kind of mentality, that's what God is. That's what I feel like. I feel like just like that connectedness Mm -hmm. is like godliness
2: yeah
0: and I don't know I don't know how to describe it but it's just like something I actually have a book over here I'll show you yeah. but Ramdas talks yeah. a lot about you know be here now I know a lot about
1: Ramdas. <laughs> oh
0: that's my shit right now like I think that being present and being mindful and being who you are where you are when you are is the, the highest point that you can be at
2: mm-hmm.
0: because you're here
2: mm-hmm. when
0: you're thinking about there you're not here mm-hmm. or thinking about that you're not here Mm -hmm. and it's just like as soon as you bring it back to your breath
1: it's -hmm. like you're
0: here this is your breath this Mm -hmm. is this is you this Mm -hmm. is real and it's like fuck that fucked my head up I was like oh my god
1: that's why I think that changed me so much the first time because I feel like that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier where it was like eastern religion created a science out of all the things that like the applicable ways to live it yeah and so I feel like I was always like this is the piece that I was missing because it's like you can't access God from like, I mean, I guess you can, but it's like, it's very hard to live like mindful and godly and present when you're so in your head. Yeah. It's it's very hard to.
0: Yeah. You live in this kind of like world that is projected onto you from other people. Mm-hmm. You live in the the ideas of other people. And that's the whole thing with the social media thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's where it's tying into like we're really losing... We're losing touch with empathy and our true selves with social media. Like, we don't understand who we are anymore. We only understand other people. We understand them through their stories and their posts. We know so much about our friends, but we, what, what the fuck do we know about ourselves? You know, it's like, we know exactly what their dog, they, what dog they got, what kind of clothes they got today, where they went running, what they got for the, from the grocery store. It's like, we know all that stuff about them. <laughs> what do I know about, what did I do today? What did I do today? I don't know. I can't even recall most of the time. Well, I have a bad memory because of drugs, but, but it's just like, I can't, you know, I, I can't.
1: Me it's too, just like, sorry, mom and dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, what?
1: No, but yeah. I, I think that like, I don't think our brains were ever meant to like have that much information available to us at all times. Yeah, this book. I, I have this book too. Actually, my friend, um, shout out Kristen. Actually, I haven't seen her in a long time, but she has the tattoo of this.
0: That's so sick. I, I, I was thinking about getting something from this. Honestly, I, know. I don't know what, but maybe this yeah. monkey god, like the Sumerian death god, something. whatever mm. this monkey god? That's super cool.
1: I just I think we were never meant to have that much information like in front of us at all times. But I no. also I think of it in like a also like an empath. Like I don't know. I started thinking about it and like I was very judgmental about it. And I just think like people want to create, but also people want to connect. Like yeah, I think that impulse to share. It's like. I've also like noticed that in myself when I've kind of like been off social media and I'll literally like feel, I forget that I'm like off Instagram or I'm off social media and then I'll have that impulse, like want to share something and then kind of like probing, like, wait, why, like, why am I feeling like I want to share this right now? Yeah, What's the point? What's the point? And I think part of it is just habitual. And then part of it is like, I don't know, sometimes you just want to share something. You're like, this moment is so cool, or, yeah, or this thing is really cool, or I created something. And, like, yeah. I think that we're missing, like, a place where we can... I think, ultimately, we all just wanted to use Instagram as a platform to be creative. Like, I I know a lot of people, like... We're just trying to find, like, a vehicle and an outlet for, like... You know, blogs used to be a huge thing, and then kind of blogging, like, yeah, fell off a little like bit. Yeah, I Tumblr. Yeah, I lo- used to love Tumblr, but I think it's, like... We all want to, like, feel like we're sharing a piece of our minds, or, like... Like, I feel like a lot of creative people, it's just, like like... Especially, like, photographers. Like, I used to, like, have a lot of friends who are photographers. And I used to take a lot of pictures. And, like, I just think that, like, it's really fun to, like, like share, like, a really beautiful image that you created or yeah, something yeah, yeah, that yeah. you wrote. Or, like, and so I think we're kind of missing, like, a place of, like, Instagram has kind of just become a wash. And it's not really, like, that creative place anymore. It's, like, full of ads and all this crazy just nonsense and political stuff. But yeah, I think that, like, we want to feel like we have a place to like put the things that we've created and like for people to see them. You it, know? But like it's like do of course you can go to the question of like do we really need people to see it for it to be art? like Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. just
0: kind of like the whole approval thing. It, yeah. But that kind of takes us to the whole tribal tribalism thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We are in our, our tribes and mm-hmm. if we're not liked by everyone in our tribes then we're upset.
2: Yeah.
0: We we need our people, our fellow tribesmen and you know to to like us Mm -hmm. we need acceptance Mm -hmm. and it's just like if if you find that level of acceptance within just yourself like i made this painting because i made this painting and i love it no one else needs to see it doesn't matter wait
1: i actually don't need to share this you don't need to because it's
0: there you experienced it and now it's there it'll be there forever until you throw it into the trash or set it on fire it's Mm -hmm. always going to be there but why do you need to share it to anybody else do you need someone else's like, hey, that is cool. You feel good about yourself mm. for that instant gratification moment of of uh, of of acceptance and and positive judgment and reinforcement. It's yeah. like, why do we need that? We don't.
1: But I still find myself sometimes like I'm like, oh, but I really want to, and no, then am like,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. Why I have but so many little paintings that like, I want sh- to send to everybody? Listen to yourself,
1: and you're like, yeah. wait, like why do I like really need like someone to see this so much? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, but I like I like it. I like when people tell me that I'm doing something cool, like or or whatever. Or just
1: even like I feel like sometimes it's just like to know that you're heard or seen, and like to know that there are people out there who think like you. Yes. And I think especially like right now we're just so disconnected, and to just have someone be like I love that or I heard you or like I could like I could feel that I could relate to that. I just think that like. We do need that right now, too.
0: Yeah, it's that tribalism But it's,
1: like, maybe we. it's, like, hard because it's, like, we want to do it in person, but, like, we can't do, like, everything in person right now. And so it's just, like, it's weird.
0: That's why I feel like I I needed to start this podcast. Yeah. Because no one's talking right now. I know. And it's, like, we could even have masks on and do this. We're not wearing masks. We're not wearing masks right
1: now. I know. (laughs) Sorry. But it's just like, I was tested a few times. I've been tested negative. Not super recently, but <laughs> oh,
0: I haven't been tested yet. So, but
1: uh, I do check. I have an oxim. I have the oximeter and the <laughs> thermometer oh, at home. Jesus
0: Christ! I always take my temperature. I've never had a fever. I've never. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really s- stick around weird
2: people. Yeah, it's are, like you know, I when
1: I'm working. I I drive everywhere for work, but I'm always yeah. wearing a mask. I never take yeah. my mask off. Like when I'm yeah. working, and yeah. then. And then I always wash my hands, use hand sanitizer. Oh my god, I
0: wash my yeah. hands like a billion times a day. I, like, constantly. I probably
1: use hand sanitizer too much because I'm out it's, everywhere I for think work. It's dangerous
0: but... to <laughs> use too much hand sanitizer. That's, that's what they say. Like, the, I at least the have like organic ones,
1: like Whole Foods. Uh, <laughs> just during COVID, just during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like, I normally don't use that much hand sanitizer, but.
0: Um. So <laughs> I wanted to ask you how how did you feel about Bikram? Did you watch that fucking? I did.
1: <sighs> I know. Um, I, was so, like, I was like, oh, my
0: God, I love this. And then I was like,
2: <gasps> wait.
1: So I've done, like, we did a Bikram segment in my yoga teacher training. And also, I've, like, practiced Bikram yoga before because Bikram yoga is pretty similar to power yoga. It's, okay. like, appropriated power yoga, basically. Yeah. And a lot of, there's a, another yoga teacher who kind of took some of Bikram stuff called Baron Baptiste. And he's kind of developed, like, he was the developer of, like, power yoga. Uh. Um, it's similar sequencing and style to like Bikram, but it's not like always done in a hot room. And it's also not like the yelling style of Bikram who's like, straighten up, go lower, go faster. Yeah. Do also this explain thing.
0: that a little bit. Sorry to interrupt, but like yeah. explain Bikram exactly. Like mm-hmm. he was a guy.
1: So yes, he was a guy and, um, he, he became like really popular, especially in like, la and like certain scenes um for developing this like very um like abrasive intense style of yoga that was like um he was known for like saying like kind of inappropriate things like Mm -hmm. being very like almost like that coach that like pushes you super hard but like he was kind of he borderline was like inappropriate like before all this stuff came out like he would be like oh you're fat or like blah, blah, blah just like stuff that's like not appropriate, yeah, how you the know, because
0: supposed
2: to inv- invigorate <laughs> but like some people like
1: really liked him, like sure. they liked <laughs> that abuse for whatever reason, yeah, um and yeah, it's just very like power style. it was very hot, like 100 hundred something degree rooms that's crazy, and um yeah, eventually stuff came out like sexual, um just very inappropriate um something recently came out about like the joyce family as well in the ashtanga lineage um this is not really new information i think it's something that's happened in the yoga community for a long time huh. um especially um, certain lineages that require a lot of adjustments or that are adjustment focused where the teacher is like actually physically coming in and adjusting yeah. the student yeah um that's something that happens a lot in Ashtanga and like that was happening like in Bikram as well um and a lot of like hands-on and I feel like that is already like a blurry um ethical line like when there's so much
2: yeah but
1: I specifically have gone to Ishtanga classes and like I was almost uncomfortable with like some of the adjustments like obviously like you know I could I can or could have said something but like they're very up close in personal, where the teacher is literally like right here <laughs> like, like like very close and like like and you're like hot and sweaty and you're like being adjusted and so it's like Oh, that's I'm not, suppri- I'm not yeah. surprised that those things happen they're obviously very disturbing and like saddening to hear Yeah. and I don't mean to sound super cynical but I'm not surprised um, because I think
0: because people are fucking evil but also
1: like you can't put people on pedestals and this is not to justify yeah. anything yeah, like yeah, yeah. I really like I have so much like I feel for all the victims and I don't mean to like I would never, like, victim blame. But I just, like, anytime you put someone on a pedestal, like, these, like, people who are looking up to someone as a guru and they're, like, this whole guru, like, cult, not culture, but, like, this idea of making anyone your guru, um, I think it's just, like, you're bound to be disappointed, unfortunately. Because, like, you know, I mean, we can see this pretty much everywhere in, like, anything you look at like yeah the church like that gymnast politics like the Olympic the, the whole gymnast. thing with the doctor oh, fuck yeah. yeah
0: that fucked me up too that I was know. horrible I know it's terrifying like makes me not want to like if I ever had a daughter or something like mm-hmm. not ever let them do anything I know. It's like there's fucking people out there who it's like
1: who are gonna take who advantage. hurt
0: you like yeah. it's like. It makes me so upset. Like, yeah. it hurts that. That's so awful that there are people out there who just like, it's like you take something that's so pure and amazing, like something like yoga mm-hmm. or gymnastics, mm-hmm. and, you, and you, you tarnish it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, what the fuck?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it was there to help people, mm-hmm. and now you've probably ruined it for the rest of that person's life. And maybe for many others who I are t- now terrified to go into that because of that tarnished, you know, that, that stench that, that it now has it's horrible.
1: I think that's where like this whole um being more inclusive like movement in yoga has like really been amazing and I think partially it's where teachers are like we need to educate ourselves on the history of yoga because a lot of western yoga has culturally appropriated um like indian heritage. India's yeah, like yeah, yeah. India's heritage and cheapened their like religion, like their all this stuff that was built and out of the Hindu religion and mm-hmm. kind of cheapened it and made it into like a fitness, fitness yoga. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so I think a lot of teachers are starting to be more aware of like, how can we, um, remedy this appropriation that's occurred and like, and, uh, pay like respects to like this history and obviously like continue to practice, but like, how can we like, you know, be more respectful and be more mindful. Um, also i think that like something that like some teachers will practice is like before class like anyone who does not want to receive adjustments like when everyone's eyes are closed like please raise a hand i want to respect your space
2: yeah
1: um just like cultivating an environment where like people who are maybe like neurodivergent or people like these type of things that we can't see um but people who might have some type of like disability that we can't visibly see like how can we make an environment where everyone feels safe here where everyone feels inclusive because that's like the ultimate like yoga is supposed to be a safe place and like when someone feels like there was a safe place and they got violated or that, that they were so vulnerable and they felt like they were unsafe like that's just like the worst thing that you can do
0: oh yeah that's that's so awful
1: yeah um i feel like it's a place where a lot of people feel comfortable to like let their guard down Yeah. Um, and somewhere where people can, can kind of free. take the walls down. And so yeah. like, I think it's like paramount that teachers, you know, hold themselves to a standard of like ethical ethics and like um, that's something that like teachers learn in their training. You know, yeah. we learn a lot about like, you know, not, um, not having any type of relationship, personal relationship with a student. Yeah. Um, because the lines are blurred. It's like the oh, similar yeah. to like, uh, a therapist, like, you know, where it's like, I'm not going to have a personal relationship with a, like a client. It's just like not yeah. appropriate, you yeah. know? And so For it's sure. like, as a teacher, you should be holding yourself to that standard as yeah. well. Like I would not have any type of like anything beyond a friendship with like a student it, just because of it's not appropriate.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Did you have, um, a specific uh, teacher or or guru, like, more consistently than another one?
1: Um, I honestly have to say that the one who really inspired me to get my training was the owner of that studio that I went yeah. to when I was younger. Okay. Um, she, um, just the way that she lived her life, I felt that she embodied, like, what it means to live yoga, both, like, as a teacher and, like, outside of the studio when I would see her, like...
0: What was um, that like?
1: She was just... Um, amazingly generous like so kind um so like I just felt she was always so present and she really made me feel like something that I always really admire quality in someone when they like make someone feel like they're like the most important person in the room
2: yeah
1: um when they just are so humble and like have no ego where they're basically just like can make anyone feel important um
0: I think that's a good quality.
1: Yeah. And that's something that I felt like she really embodied. Like whoever walked through those doors, she would give her full attention to. And um, she would always build people up. And I just felt as if like her, like the way that she involved herself in the world, like beyond even yoga, I just felt like she was really inspiring to me. And the style of yoga that she taught, I think I really like connected to, like she was it wasn't as much like a power style. And mm. I think that's what originally like drew me in because it was more meditative and like slower and it kind of like helped me. Um, Cause I, I enjoyed like the physical aspect of the, some of the more challenging classes, but they yeah. weren't, um, they didn't really like get me as much in the way that I wanted to feel like spiritually connected. Okay. Yeah.
0: I I know we've chatted a, a like a bit about mm-hmm. Kundalini, mm-hmm. but I want to, you don't like Kundalini, right? Isn't that what you said? I, or, yeah, how do you feel about it?
1: I just, I... Um, what is it okay. exactly? So, Kundalini is kind of based on the seven chakras. Um, and the chakras are energy systems um, in the body. And they correspond to... Do you know all to, the names of them? Um, not, to, I can, not to put okay, you on the spot. I can but. name all of them, but not in Sanskrit or whatever. Oh. <laughs> um, so, there's root. There's the root chakra. I think it's mula. Muladhara, I'm not going to be able to say all of them. <laughs> no, I'm
2: not. I'm there's not a root chakra, the root chakra, the
1: sacral chakra, um, and then there's the solar plexus, mm-hmm, and then there's the heart chakra, and then the throat chakra, and then the third eye chakra and the crown chakra. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but they all correspond to, um, like, physical parts of the body and their energy centers. And kundalini is essentially based in, like, there's the serpent energy in the spine and it's certain practices to activate the serpent or like the spinal energy and you're essentially containing all of the energy. Um, Interesting. And basically building that energy up inside of you. That's that DNA hex structure, right? in the serpent shape, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh. So um, you're essentially trying to build and contain that energy. I think that... I think it's kind of almost like I feel like kundalini has uh maybe like acquired a certain like cult status. I don't know like some type of like it's people have heard different things about it and it's kind of like I don't
0: know anything about it. All I know is that you can
1: <laughs> like literally this probably is a Yeah, you out. see that's what I was going to say. Like I feel like people have like you have heard psychedelic
0: some... <laughs> experiences. I know it has something to do with awareness
1: mm-hmm. and
0: mindfulness, but yeah. that's all I know, really. So
1: when we did a I honestly haven't studied it very much, but when we did, like, um, a segment in my yoga training, we there was, a, like, a kundalini teacher who came in and, like, taught a segment. Hmm. It was a lot of chanting and a lot of different breathing exercises, and that was kind of mostly what we did.
2: Hmm.
1: I personally just, like, haven't studied it that much. Yeah. Just because um, there's just, like, with yoga, there's, like, so many different, like, lineages and styles, yeah. and, like, for me, like... The chanting and the breathing, like, it just like didn't really do as much for me. I tend to be like, I am more drawn to like the physical side because it helps. Like, I'm can tend to be like kind of antsy, and so it helps me like work out all that energy and then be able to like sit and meditate. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I wish I kind of had more to say about Kundalini because I feel like That's I want to okay. like
0: no, because I, I don't. Because she very told much me like it.
1: our Kundalini teacher like told me that she like passed out like before from doing well, certain stuff right. and I'm like, cause it's
0: probably like hyper, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah.
1: Like hyperventilating. Like, yeah, and like through it, what's your that breathing, word? something tropic, uh, um, breathing.
0: What's that word I'm thinking of? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> something yeah, like that kind of breathing, like that, uh-huh. uh, like that creates that, like that psychedelic almost experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, hy- hypertropic, uh, hy-
1: yeah. Is that the um, word? Yeah. I think so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Don't quote We're me. We're smart I'm here. Not, guys. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking this up. Um,
1: yeah. Wait, but, like the. Whole...
0: Okay, so but but, holotropic. Jesus holotropic. Christ. Holotropic <laughs> breathing is said to facilitate mental, spiritual, and physical healing benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I well, I had this book, and I actually got this Kundalini Yoga for the West. I bought, I got this book for two dollars. Amazing. I got it next to uh, next to There's mm-hmm. like this architecture place I was shutting shutting down. There's a yoga studio in there, and mm-hmm. they had this book in there, and I was like. I've always wanted to read about Kundalini and I was like, yeah. So I was like, I want, I just want to know about it. I I, I don't know much about Kundalini or Mm -hmm. Kundalini, but I do know that with holotropic breath work, you can, you can have these super spiritually connecting uh, meditative states. And I'm just like super into, I'm really into like really understanding how that works. And um, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I think it defies science and like what, and what, of what we know yeah I don't know that's, that's I think that
1: I think that like a lot of the physical symptoms that people have, so we know we know that um like energy and experiences actually get stored in your body like yeah. that's actually like scientifically proven yeah um, so I think that the physical symptoms that people experience from Kundalini are not necessarily from the actual breathing themselves but rather like the releasing of like this different trapped energy and the different uh, experiences. I think that like that can create these scary physical sensations that are like terrifying. You're like, oh, like, but I feel like it's like a lot of people in yoga that like cry or there's a release that has to happen. Um, And I think that like when you're experiencing those symptoms, like there's something kind of called like Kundalini awakening, which essentially means that like you are releasing stuff and you're kind of like, Awakening essentially, um, and kind of like breaking away from like these different um, things that have gotten like trapped in yourself, yeah. And like something that I really started to get more interested in, um, uh, when I kind of started understanding this connection between like energy and things getting trapped in your body is called like somatic experiencing, and it's yeah. actually something that, um, that different therapists will specialize in, okay. Um, but It's basically, like, one thing that they talked about was kind of, like, we'll have, sometimes when we have something happen to us, we'll have, like, a physical reaction. But, like, a lot of physical reactions to things aren't, like, very socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. Like, shaking. Like, you know, like, I remember I got in a car accident. I was, like, shaking for, like, hours afterwards. And that was, like, actually your body trying to release the event.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: I think that, like, a lot of these different, like, Things that like people will be like, what's wrong with you are actually yeah. ways your body's trying to like actually get rid of like this experience that you had. Huh. Um, so shaking can be one way. I think like obviously like any type of emotional thing, like feeling like you need to scream, feeling like you need to let out a sound or like yelling. Like these are all ways that your body is trying to like process an emotion and like move past it. But if we don't allow that to happen, that's what can actually get trapped in the body. And that can also cause physical pain, like not just like emotional pain, but physical pain. Basically literally can actually that energy can get trapped inside of you. And that's why I think these corresponding body parts like it's interesting will like cause like heart pain will actually like refer to the heart or say like you're shouldering something like when you're really stressed or anxious or you have this like stomach ache when you're stressed or anxious. Like these are all actual like parts of the body that will hurt from like trapping emotions. So I think that like this whole Kundalini like these crazy symptoms that people have are really just, like, passing energy um, and getting it out. Because maybe some people also jump in too fast. People who are not, like, acquainted with yoga or they haven't, like, practiced or, tri- like, released energy before in any way. Yeah. And they're just jumping headfirst in. And they're, yeah. like, having crazy experiences because, like, they don't know what's happening and they don't have words for it. And so it seems like something's going really wrong when maybe they're just, like, not going slowly enough,
0: Yeah. You know, they like, didn't to peel back really the layers. They not themselves. Yeah. For whatever that experience is. Exactly. Same with like psychedelics.
1: It's like, if you've never done a psychedelic and you're like, I'm going to do ayahuasca for my first thing. Like that's like what purging is in ayahuasca. You're like, like that, like that is a physical process of your body trying to get rid of something. Oh yeah. But it's a physical symptom and you're like, why am I throwing up? But it's like a metaphorical and a physical symptom at the same time. I'm
0: terrified to do ayahuasca.
1: My my friend's done it several times. My friend who actually did my yoga training with.
0: That's, that's wild. It's, I mean, Mm I'm, I'm not, I would do it. I would do it if somebody was like, you want to do it tomorrow? I'd say yes, probably. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's just, it's a very long experience and I've Mm -hmm. had many, many experiences on DMT. I've had many experiences on mushrooms, psilocybin.
1: Uh
0: I've only had two experiences, I think on acid, maybe one. I can't really remember.
1: I actually haven't done very many psychedelics. I know it's crazy to say, but I've actually been terrified I think because I had so much, like, trauma and stuff that I needed to process. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm, like, feeling like I'm in a better place. But at the time, I was, like, I'm just going to have a bad trip. Like, I can just tell, like, I'm just, like, where I'm at. Like, it's just not going to be pretty.
0: It'll come to you when it wants to. Yeah. Honestly. Mm -hmm. I started to look up all these psychedelics and stuff. I didn't look for them. They literally came into my lap and, like, fell into my hands. Yeah. Like, the first time I ever did DMT. I was just, like, at somebody's house, and they're, like do you want to try some? And I was like, I've just been, I've been listening to the Joe Rogan experience. I mean, yeah, sure. (laughs) Super down, smoked it, blasted off, had this crazy experience where I saw the pyramids and aliens. And I had this transformative, this chrysanthemum flower that looked like a rainbow in my head, but my eyes were closed. I had this insanely insane experiment experience. And I had no idea what it was going to be like.
1: That's crazy. It was terrifying. I've heard so many. Like, I was shaking before I hit empty. it.
0: You know, it's like you, yeah. you're sh- like shaking. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. You hit it. You're like smoking. You're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, and my did God. Did you think
2: you
0: Wah. were dying? It's like, whoa, I'm here. I'm there. And everything's just okay. These like spirits come and these, these voices, these these vibrations and these, these colors tell you they come for you. And they're like, it's okay. Wherever you are, whatever these spirits are that I think exist on this other dimension where you go are there to protect you. And I think that that's what the afterlife looks like.
1: Well, that's like my theory is that like psychedelics are literally just all of reality at once. And like the reason why it feels like you're going crazy is because like that, like it's too much for us to process. It's like
0: like vibrations just like.
1: But that's what it it is. Like, that's all of reality. It's just, like, not palpable. Like, it's not, you can't always, like, touch it or feel it. But it's, like, that's actually what everything is. And, like, I feel like maybe some of the people that we think are going crazy, like, actually are just, like, experiencing all of reality. Yeah, they're (laughs) just
0: on another plane. Yeah. It's, like, that's how I feel, like, with maybe even people who are autistic. Like, Mm -hmm. people who just understand the world on a different level. Like, these mathematicians, they just understand numbers like physical numbers and like in a, an entirely different way, it just makes sense to them you know the, like these people who created like the the golden ratio the guy who 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 invented like uh jesus christ uh the the spiral <laughs> the you, do you know what I'm talking about oh um, jesus christ oh one? i can I, I always i'm always just like i can't I can not ever um Wait,
1: what are you,
0: are you talking about oh my goodness <laughs> uh the golden ratio oh yeah, yeah, yeah. um is the
1: mm-hmm. uh, yep yep, I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Oh my gosh! What I, I always I always forget what it's called. Um, it's basically the spiral. It's a geome- geometric shape. Um, oh my god! I like I'm just gonna I'm gonna be like, why why didn't why couldn't I think of this? Why the Pythagorean the theorem, the Fibonacci golden
1: ratio, sequence. the Fibonacci
0: sequence. There it there it is, the Fibonacci sequence. and the Fibonacci sequence is in like mm-hmm. everything. It's yeah. in like paintings and mm. and nature. Plants, yeah. And it's just like how did somebody figure that number out? This golden ratio, like of one square, and then two squares, and then four, and then eight, 16, like this, like multi-dividing thing. It's kind of similar to like the flower of life. Like, yes. how did somebody create this shape like that just depicts what is actually, na- what nature is? Like people's brains connect things in such an insane way. And I think that psychedelics help to do that. I you do make so. these crazy yeah. revelations that don't even make any sense. You're like, clouds, Clouds make sense. You're like, but people, that, people around you are like, what are you talking about, dude? Clouds make sense. You're just high as fuck. You have no idea what you're talking about, but it, it all of a sudden just makes sense to you. All this shit just makes sense. Things have you that-
1: read Michael Pollan?
0: No, but I've always oh wanted to. Oh my God, to. can I give you the book? I'm super um, How down. to change your mind. I've always wanted to read Michael that Pollan's book. Is... book. His, <laughs> he has something on Netflix. I love Michael Pollan. He's um, super cool. <laughs> the How to
1: Change Your Mind book like, changed my life. Yeah? I think it's changed really... Your mind? yeah it changed my mind for sure <laughs> but it's like basically how death dying consciousness and all these things and he talks specifically about psilocybin um Sick. Did it's he so do interesting it?
0: does he talk about his experience he too? does
1: but he also just talks about the history um of like the trials that are going on he talks about like what is the evolutionary purpose of like of a psychedelic like like what was the evolutionary purpose of something psychedelic like how was that like? What was that for? You know, like why would yeah. animals need something psychedelic? He talks about, um, it's just really interesting. Um, That's really yeah. Cool. He talks about obviously like um Albert Hoffman and like all of the, That's the acid guy, right? Yeah, he yeah. talks about all the people and the history and um, everything like that. It's really interesting.
0: I think the invention or discovery of what. I mean, psychedelics have been around for a long time. Maybe mm-hmm. not uh, DMT. DMT has existed for a while, but like acid, for yes. instance, like was created in a lab by that guy, like
2: mm-hmm.
0: by, by like accident or something. Yeah. And it's just like these things, we're discovering these things for a reason. Yeah. Like something like, like, psychi- like psychi- a psychedelic like mushrooms has existed for so long. Like the stoned ape theory, I think is such an important thing to know about. And It's just basically saying that some monkeys, at some point in our ev- uh, evolution, the stoned ape theory is like some monkeys ate mushrooms, had a transformative experience, and then started using tools. Essentially, that's like how they think that I evolution heard of that. because that m- those mushrooms, like psychedelic mushrooms, psilocybin, grows in the poop of cows, like it grows wild. I mean animals are always eating shit. Like if you see something colorful, you see something sticking out of a tree, you're going to eat it. You don't, you're hungry. You don't know what to do. And the and what does it do? It, it it changes your mind. You 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 lose all sight of reality. You start to forget what's real and what isn't and it's like you start to think differently. It re- rewrites your brain. It, it, it you go through what's called neurogenesis. You start yes. to you know, you your brain's firing on levels that it it never has before and it's just like um and this actually brought me... this. I was thinking about this, too. I wanted to talk about MAPS for a second. But mm-hmm. it's the Multidisciplinary Associ- yes. Association for Psychedelic yes, Studies. Yes, yes. Like, Michael Pollan, I'm sure, works with them. Yes. But, like, these are the type of people who I think are going to change the world. I like, agree. with MDMA for, for PTSD, mm-hmm. we're not just trying to get people on hyped up on ecstasy and fucking dancing the crazy music. We're, we're trying to help people with these things that we know that there's scheduled like when you make something a schedule 1 drug you put it in this box and it's like you shouldn't do that like the second you make something illegal and we can never study it like cannabis it's a schedule 1 drug yet yeah, you can go to a store here in California down the street you can go buy some weed for whatever 20 bucks cash but it's like if we were allowed to actually study it we could help people with sciatica we could help people with PTSD seizures Epilepsy. I just
1: think it's crazy the amount of side effects that our pharmaceutical drugs have, yet that we're oh like, oh my God, that we like have this, such disdain and like this like cultural fear around, yeah. like anything that's not like lab man made. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's like, I really think it's like fear mongering and, um, you know, like the crazy some of this stuff that like is like these pharmaceuticals, like. Like, literally, some of them have black box suicide warnings and, like, just, like, crazy stuff. Like, and yet, we can't study things in, like, an actual scientific manner to, like, yeah. they're not saying, let's make all drugs legal. They're saying, like, we just want to study them. Yeah. Like, and just in a proper, appropriate setting and yeah. see where it takes us. It, like. It,
0: it, that blows my mind. Yeah. Like, why, why make some. Because we're afraid. Because we're like terrified. People are terrified of ter- what it might the reveal. Government's t- exactly, <laughs> like that. The whole psychedelic movement of '69. Like yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like these hippies were onto something.
1: It's not to say that it's safe. Like we don't know if it's 100% no. going to be safe. Or no. certain and people, people with die. certain dispositions or mental health conditions, like yeah. probably shouldn't take
0: them. Yeah. We
1: already know that. 100%.
0: Like um, cannabis can provoke schizophrenia. Yeah. If it's already underlying in your system, yeah. like it can just spark it up.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But I also feel like that's like oh. Over- for like i feel like a lot of people have used that too like as like well everyone's gonna have schizophrenia now <laughs> you know it's like but there it's will like, be a few people of course but every single thing everything in life involves risk like
0: <laughs> yeah but the odds are like let's say it's like one yeah. out of a hundred one thousand of, or yeah. one out of a thousand even yeah. one out of a thousand like it's still how many yeah. people are dying from opioid overdose or opioid withdrawal and it's just like dude how many people are are ODing on cannabis. It's like you show me somebody who's died on, on a brownie and you'll change my mind. But it's like I
1: think I almost died on a brownie once No, <laughs>
0: I have too. I've been there. I've, let's be
1: real. I've like literally shit. like had nine one one dialed in my phone and I was like, All right. Oh, I've
0: done that on mushrooms. I called nine one one, I ended up I was in an ambulance. I you have did? Been, I have been Oh wow. I've been to the dark side. I've been to the dark side of psychedelics. I've been to the dark side of many drugs. I've okay. been there
2: good so but I'm not also like, super I'm still crazy. not against
0: them but I'm yeah. still not against them because it was my fault and I know where I fucked up
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just like we have to like a place like Canada Canada it is illegal to do heroin but they give you a clean place to shoot it up because most of the people I don't I can't back this up with like actual numbers and somebody, uh, Diego was, I was, talking, I was telling Diego about this, uh, clean needles are really important, but they, they it's the clean needles is yeah. most people aren't dying from the overdosing on, on the drug. It's the sharing needles and the HIV and the infections that yeah. people are dying from. I can't back this up with numbers. Well, I think so it's just if,
1: humanizing it. I think yeah. there are, there are even clean needle exchanges in the U S like in certain sure. places. And, yeah. um, I have like a family member who's like had a heroin addiction. And so like, um, Yeah, I just think it's, like, it's very easy to demonize something you don't understand. But, like, there's a human on the other side of that who's struggling, you know. And it's, like, obviously we want everyone to be, like, we obviously don't want people shooting up. But, like, if it's, like, we can prevent, like, we can prevent HIV spreading. We can keep, like, hepatitis, like, from being transmitted, like, in all these things. Like, it's, like, we can help someone and then help. Like, you have to start somewhere. Like, you have to, like... You know, it's key. Humanize it, like yeah.
0: you know. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Real quick. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna cut this out, but okay, we can even take an intermission, intermission if you want.
1: Wow. So that's something that happens that they've actually studied the brain uh, scans and they've seen that that part of the brain goes offline.
0: <laughs> I've never heard of that before.
1: Yeah. TV. Default mode network.
0: Default mode network. My, so. My child bladder. <laughs> um, so I but i forgot
1: my wine over there That's oh cool. no oh my God. do you need it oh go I get it okay. okay well anyway they were saying <laughs> oh God. all right i'm just gonna I'm talk listening. to this okay so they're saying like when the default mood network is taken like when it's offline they're showing in brain scans um that it's a part of the brain that goes offline during psychedelic experiences um that you're kind of experiencing the you experience a loss of like having a self and so this oh, whole like autobiographical narrative that's like constantly running in our brains all the time, it's like going offline, and that's something that they also observed in brain scans of people who are going into like deep meditative states.
0: I don't know how I can describe that exactly, but I've literally been there. Where mm-hmm. one really memorable trip that I had on, on on mushrooms specifically, where I used to just do them in my apartment. Shout out to Academy. Uh, my apartment number was one five nine. There's
1: so many. Sh- I, we need to do more shout outs. We need that need a was, yeah, that, you know, plug. we can do to plug everything we want.
0: Um, I don't know what's illegal. I don't know what's illegal or legal to plug into the you know
2: you know whatever yeah. we're talking about. I don't yeah. know. But,
0: <laughs> but I, 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 I've, I've lost my mind a couple times. But one memorable time where I was just like. I I kept asking myself. I was like, "Where am I?" I was like, "What's going on?" And I was just like, "Look around." Completely lost. I had no idea where I was, who I was. But I know where I was. I mean, I I knew I was in my house.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But like, I just kept asking. Like, I just kept saying, "I was like, What time is it? I don't know what time it is. Wh- who am I? What I- What's going on? Mm-hmm. What am I doing?" It was like I was I was missing something. It was just, I had just like gone I'd gone. I completely forgot who the fuck I was, and it was. Very terrifying experience. Mm -hmm. I've I've had a couple of weird trips where there's actually this girl I used to know um, when I worked at a dispensary before, and uh, she was one of the patients who would come in all the time. And her uh, I don't want to say her name, but (laughs) uh, she had this confidentiality. Yeah, she had a piercing on her forehead, and it was a moon. It was like a dermal kind of piercing, and it was like Mm -hmm. a moon Mm -hmm. shape. That's cool. And I had this trip where I was. That piercing in her forehead. I was like wow. in her third eye. I could see through her eyes and I could see in like in her house. I've never this been It sounds like
1: house. being I'm John like, Malkovich. Hey, <laughs> Have you that's seen like, that movie? No, I haven't actually. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's a Charlie Kaufman movie. Oh, that's and so he, true, huh? he uh, basically like they find this like little tunnel in an office in and he basically goes down it, and then he's thrown into this other person's body, and he's, like, living through the other guy. <laughs> like, oh, true. Literally, like, he's seeing through the eyes, and then he's, like, he's, like, kind of this, like, sh- shabby, kind of, like, not well-dressed, like, not, like, super, yeah. like, conventionally attractive guy, and he's, like, like living through this other guy, like, having sex with this woman, and he's, like, oh, my God, this is amazing, and then they get spit out after, like, a short period of time, and then yeah. they keep getting addicted to, like, running down, like, going down this tunnel, like, being the so other person, strange. but... Yeah. He's the one who did it, uh, Eternal Sunshine at the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: super true. Oh my God, that movie fucked me up. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was. Uh, he, and they released, he, he did,
1: another did another one. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, I'm thinking of anything. I'm thinking of anything. So I just yeah. watched it too. It's I really fell good. It. It's so good. You need to wake <laughs> be awake and watch it. <laughs> I fell asleep
2: during
0: it. It's, it's super dope. I liked what I yeah. saw. Yeah, exactly. The it's a little slow in the beginning, so
1: but poetic. but also it's really, it's number one, is poetic, and number two, I think it's like, it's a double entendre it's like in the end like he ends up like you know killing himself or like it's like the like it's kind of like um it's like kind of left to interpret but like it kind of seems as if yeah. he kills himself but it's like yeah. i'm thinking of anything and so, like you know and like uh, i'm thinking of any of this relationship i'm also yeah. thinking of any it's just kind of like it's oh, interesting like a play on like yeah interesting. yeah because the whole ever... thing is run through like the the this like very small thing. Like, I'm thinking of ending this relationship. I can't end this relationship. Like, you know, did, oh, if, did you see yeah, that part? Yeah, yeah, Where she's yeah. kind of like, I don't she know. And funny. you're like, not even sure if she's really there. It's just yeah. like, yeah. It's a trip. It is, yeah.
0: That movie, uh, New York Synecdote? Um, it's I how, Synecdoche.
1: Synecdoche? Synecdoche. synecdoche. <laughs> I, <never> <laughs> I had to look that. up how to pronounce it, so synecdoche. don't worry. Yeah. Synecdoche? That movie's synecdoche, a trip New York. Too. Yeah, I just Holy watched fuck. that. Yeah. Yeah. super cool. I watched it like,
0: literally, like, two in the morning. As fuck.
1: And Have I you seen Anna Lisa? No. I haven't seen is that. It. Arturo got me kind of into his movies. Um, but shout out shout out Arturo, Charlie. my boyfriend. Yeah, he's got a good taste in fucking movies. He has a good taste in everything. Yeah, he, that's that's sick. You gotta get him on here too. Yeah, he like he he could do like a ten hour podcast. That'd be tough. This is like how our conversations go. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. Love it. Love it. No, um,
0: like that, yeah, the, that guy's movies he's so crazy. Yeah, that one is all so like
1: claymation weird. Oh, but it's really good it's called what? Anna, Anna Melissa so it's A N O M L I S A, I think or maybe I didn't spell right Anna Melissa got it yeah. oh
2: it looks creepy already <laughs> yeah Charlie
1: Kaufman
2: shout out to Charlie Kaufman
1: yeah if uh yeah if, if you ever want to like hang out with us that'd be cool yeah. <laughs> You you should be on the podcast
0: my goal is to get Charlie Kaufman.
1: Uh, <laughs> I want to get Duncan Put Duncan it out Trussell. in the universe. Yeah. I
0: want to get Duncan Trussell. That's literally yes. my that's my goal. It's literally my goal is to get Duncan Trussell on the podcast.
1: I'm going to go to Asheville at some point. Like, whenever it gets safe to travel again, I'll hit he him up when there. I'm there. I'll he tell him, there. hey, look, I you need to talk to this guy. <laughs> he lives
2: there. Yeah. That's what he lives.
1: Follow Bull of brand Flakes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll put like stickers all around the city <laughs> like I'll get like I'm gonna like make, gonna, like, gonna make, make merch too. like and put it all around yes. the city Yeah,
0: that's, that's perfect <laughs> uh, well let's see what other I had, I had a couple of other things there's just okay. a couple of things that we can kind of sum it up I yeah. it's hella late right. um, uh, mantras how do you how do you feel about mantras do you have a daily mantra and if you do how did you make that did you make that how
1: mm-hmm. did you create one a lot of mm-hmm. questions there yes <laughs> um, mantras I think um, like not just in like the spiritual world but I think that they are incredibly powerful because I think we have mantras without realizing them yep. I think our narrative and our subconscious like play mantras all day long and they're ingrained from our childhood and we don't even realize so we already have mantras sure um, so Yeah, there's tons of things that we believe and think about ourselves that we don't even, like, recognize. Um, I think that they can be, like, incredibly powerful, like, when used consistently. I think that, like, I've kind of in the past maybe just, like, had some mantras and then maybe said them, like, for one day. (laughs) And they're not really as effective. Um, Yeah, but I think that, like, something that I um, really haven't, Really like, I haven't done it in a while, but what I really like is called Yoga Nidra. Um, And it's something that they actually used a lot with like people with PTSD, um, like veterans, different things like that. Um, But it's basically where you go into like a deep sleep state and you actually switch into different brain waves. And sometimes, like in the Yoga Nidra script that the teacher will be using, that is like a really good time to plant mantras because your body is so calm, and you're actually, like, in the, I think, what are the brain waves? There's, like, uh, gamma and, like, theta. I think it's, like, you're in, like, the theta wave state. I would have to look it up again. Um, But you're in that subconscious state, like, that state right before you're falling asleep and right before you're waking up. So you Uh kind of get in that stage, and it's a really good place to be, to plant in your subconscious, like, to plant things. Um, So you kind of do a a body scan where you will like, start and be, like, it'll start, it'll be, like, right eyebrow, relax your right eye, relax your right cheekbone, and you go down all the way down the right side of the body, you'll go all the way down the left side of the body, and then you'll do the front and the back. And so basically, at that point, like, you're literally almost asleep. Um, And then that is something, like, a really good time to kind of plant uh, mantras, because it's kind of a time where you're in a really relaxed state, and you can access your subconscious. Um, But yeah, I think mantras are really, really powerful. I think it's, like, if someone were to go about being like, how should I come up with mantras for myself I think it's um just maybe like a good time to like self-reflect on like um what w- maybe like what areas like you want to grow um, maybe what areas like you're struggling um and then kind of trying to identify like what limiting beliefs you have yeah. um regarding like wherever you're struggling um yeah I just think it's like I think I had a lot of different beliefs about myself that I didn't even recognize that I had I think the past few years I really have like worked a lot on myself and um, I feel like it's hard to see in the moment sometimes but I think like looking back I'm really proud of like myself and kind of like the ways that I've grown yeah. but I think that yeah I think mantras can be super powerful Um, kind of like starting your day with them is a really great way. To place like if you meditate or having a morning routine I think is like really life-changing even if it's just a few minutes kind of like Drafting down like how do I want to approach situations today? Like what kind of person do I want to be? How do I want to carry myself? How do I want like my interactions to be? That can be really like succinct, just like one sentence. If they're a little longer, that's fine. Sure. Um, but I think any type of like affirmation and mantra um, can be really powerful. The yeah. most important thing is that you need to do it almost every day. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like yeah, I think that's like yeah, that's with any habit you're trying to form or any routine that you're trying to implement or anything you're trying to change in your life, like it's only as um, beneficial as like how much you put into it, like what you put in, you use what you get out of it. So if you like, you know, if you do it like once a week, you're probably not going to see very many results. If you do it every day or maybe even twice a day, it's probably going to be a lot more effective and like uh, actually help you begin to change like how you feel about yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I started to try and do that. Um, what I re- recommend, recommend for people to do who are, some lazy fucks like, I should <laughs> like. I'm, like ah, I'm not gonna make some mantra. What am I gonna do? Yeah, like it? what? What I'm is not that? Not yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. What, what I did is yeah. I got Expo markers uh-huh. at, in my bathroom. Yes. Mirror, which I look into every fucking day. I actually
1: make some of them my phone background sometimes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah that's a really as good the same one. Same thing. Or yeah. she yeah.
0: makes it like a reminder on her phone. Like, yes. every, every day. I've done night, reminders. Yeah. I really we look like that. i my phones every day. Let's mm-hmm. see. That's, I, I try, I'm trying to kind of do like a little cleanse off of my phone because yeah. I hate same.
1: social Same. Same.
0: Quote unquote hate social medias. Yeah. But like, my in my mirror, I wrote, You are enough mm-hmm. um, with Expo Marker. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm always doubting myself all the time. So it's just like, that's like kind of my mantra just like, I'm enough. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah. But it's just like, I think that's what most people should do is to try to write that, make it, you know, put it out in the universe. Yeah. Put it out there. Exactly. And it's like,
1: we have beliefs about things all the time. Like we have opinions, we have beliefs, we have thoughts constantly. And I don't think we recognize like how many we have all the time. Um, yeah. so I think that like, yeah, even if I just have like one that I'm trying to implement, like I'll just like set it as my phone background. Um, That's just so it's something that I see like every day. Um, I, yeah. Making it really present somewhere where you're not going to be like, yeah, who's going to be like, not everyone is journaling. Not, not, yeah. not everyone has their own ways of like, in, like <laughs> and nobody does no, and, no, everyone has their own way of like kind of making these like livable, you know, living, yeah. taking these principles and like making them practical. So I think that's like. <laughs> a,
0: well, I was just watching the Sadhguru thing,
1: mm-hmm. and he was like,
0: he's like, a lot of people have this preconceived notion that that being being holy means being impractical, and he's like, that's why he rides a fucking like dirt bike everywhere. And yeah, like, well, he's just such a funny guy. Yeah, but he like, is funny.
1: I really like yeah. a lot of what he has to say, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of on the Titty Totter there. I mean, because it's like with every celebrity who's like yeah. kind of like that, it's like. Who really? Who are they really? Who are they as a person? Yeah. What he says is great. Beside the fact of whoever he is, I'm I am no one to judge him. You know. Yeah. I love what he has to say about that. Yeah. Um, so to kind of wrap it up, I do want to like kind of end on like, uh, what what advice would you give for people who are trying to meditate? Like sitting positions. Like I can't sit in a full fucking lotus. I can't fucking (laughs) do it. My legs just don't bend that certain way.
1: Super weird. I love Lotus, but I don't, like, sit in Lotus, like, regularly. Like, I do that at, like, an end of a yoga class. What do you
0: do? What (laughs) what do you do? Like, for all those people, like, it's like they want to calm their head down. Mm -hmm. And meditating is so hard. Yeah. Sitting, being still is so hard. You're like, you're sitting here, you're like, I gotta go take the trash out. Um,
1: But you're already meditating. That's, like, already meditating. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, you're recognizing that you're thinking that. And, like, I think... I think it's just like being real with yourself and not like putting pressure on yourself. I think that it's just like to recognize that you're even thinking is already meditating. I think that we don't even recognize it's so, it's this running script all day long that we don't even notice. And I think that second, that very second, when you notice even that you had a thought, you're already like starting the process of meditating. Um, I really like, I think sometimes a good way to get into it is doing guided meditations I really like insight timer um, okay. it's an app there's tons of free um, like meditations on there there's also just like a insight. a meditation timer too that you can do and like it has a starting gong and an ending gong and different things like that cool. um, or you can like kind of set it and uh, do it like whatever sound that you want but if you search anything like calm presence anxiety depression like um, like starting my morning anything you come up with like They have something on there and I really like it. I think times when I'm struggling to like sit with myself, just having a guide, like a quiet guide to listen to, I think really helps guide the process. Um, and I've heard some people like calm. I didn't really use it super regularly, but that's a good one. Like it's kind of like a narrated, like meditation, um, I think that's a really good place to start because I think it can be very overwhelming to be like, you just want me to sit here for 20 minutes and, like, I'm supposed to get something out of this. I feel like it can be very defeating and, like, really hard for someone who's trying to just, like, start meditating. So I think finding, like, either, like, either of those apps or even you can probably YouTube, like, just guided meditation and something will come up. Um, Or even just, like, some quiet music in the background, like, something to kind of just, like, calming and quiet to kind of help, like, you feel comfortable. I think it's like a good place to start. I think laying down is a bad idea. (laughs) Even though I think it can be relaxing unless you're like at the end of yoga, I just feel like you're probably going to fall asleep. Um, But I don't think that position actually matters that much. I've meditated like when I've been in the driver's seat, like not while I'm driving, but like just in a parked car. Like I've meditated sitting outside. I've meditated like in the house. Like I just feel like anywhere that you could feel safe to like maybe close your eyes, but you don't even really have to close your eyes. I think that it's just, like, the biggest thing is to just, like, observe. Observe, observe, observe. I think it's, like, the most important part of, like, meditating. It's just, like, I'm watching myself. Like, I'm noticing myself. Like, that is, like, true self-awareness. And that's, like, what breeds, like, bringing that mindfulness aspect into, like, your life. Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) um, I definitely need to. I try to meditate.
1: I didn't meditate day. today. I do. I've been doing yoga almost every day. Yeah. Um, but like the past two days, I just, I I kind of rotate. Like some days I run and then do yoga. Some days I'll just run. Some days I really like being physically active. I don't think I would like be the person that I am if I wasn't physically active. I think I have a lot of like nervous energy that I need to burn off. No, <laughs> just as a, a human lot. being. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely need to get
0: on my shit. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I was training for
1: i know i saw it stuff, i know.
0: You know i'm just like i don't know i'm drinking a lot of beer uh, <laughs> it's God. okay yeah, it's just like, yeah it's I'm, all I'm, right. I'm just accepting it it's yeah okay. Like, it's okay I'm, I'm embracing it.
1: it as long as I'm, you're happy i'm at
0: peace <laughs> with it i'm fine like like at the end of the day i'm not really gonna look my body's gonna be okay Like exactly i'm not even 25 yet no so you're I'm fine just, i think we're okay
1: <laughs> um
0: but why don't you plug your Instagram
1: okay. so i where to find you? I, don't, I hate you want, Instagram, but I'll plug that, the Instagram. Okay. You my Instagram is Susanna J Comfort. So it's S-U-S-A-N-N-A-J and then C-O-M-F-O-R-T. So it's just at Susanna J Comfort. I'm still working. I had a website and I kind of like let it expire. I'm going to try to like relaunch and like work on my website again. So that'll be on my Instagram whenever okay. it's available. So, cool. Yeah
0: well are you gonna have any
1: yoga classes or anything sometimes? um I've been thinking about doing something outside um I know that like we're not really doing much in studios these days yeah. but um I would love to like do something in the future outside so yeah. just stay on Instagram Fuck, to yeah. keep informed about yeah. all that yeah um Cool. Thank you so much for having that me. Was, this was really fun. Awesome. Okay, I have to say I started out and I was like, hey, like I'm thinking like let's talk for like 30 minutes. Like I'm driving here like, like 30 I'm minutes. like I was like, yeah, like, to, like, <laughs> like five minutes, If anyone's so. made it this far, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate everybody listened. Thank cool. you. Cool. Thank that. you so much for having me. It was really yeah, fun. Absolutely okay. Right. Bye. bye. <laughs> mm.